She's praying to a God and won't talk back Her faith is dying to tears A sign she's going off track Pray to a God and won't talk back Won't talk back Down in the knees here Pray to a God and won't talk back Welcome back to the Cycle 365 This is episode 25 Hey, yeah. Simon What? You know what's better than 24? Alright 25 Uh, yeah And we are pre-recording this Or, you know, whatever Well, I guess we pre-record all our podcasts But <laughs> yeah. it is March 13th Friday the 13th, 2020 um, and the world is falling apart. There, there are no more sports to watch. So we're, we're going <laughs> to figure something out, and we're just going to have fun with it. But we're going to continue after a little break. Our years in review of the NFL. This time, we're going to start with the AFC East. First, we're going to review the teams, right? You know, just like we have been doing. Uh, talk about which teams may have overachieved, underachieved, whatnot, and then we'll talk about the future after that. All right? So, let's start with the top of the division, the Buffalo Bills. Just kidding, it's the New England Patriots, but it felt like the Bills were the divisional winners. Let's talk about the Patriots then, because obviously they're in a rebuilding phase. So, with this season, you know, at one point, they had Josh Gordon, Antonio Brown. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Sonny Michelle. Sonny Michelle. And their whole and offensive Keel, line. And Keel Harry. Yeah, and Keel Harry. And then at the end of the season, they ended without an offensive line, without Josh Gordon and Antonio Brown. And no Tom Brady. Well, well, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But what would you rate this Patriots season? Was it a total disappointment? I don't think it was a total disappointment. I mean, they still won the division. I, mean, I, th- I, I mean, would say the disappointment came in the playoffs. Sure. Well, so that makes it a disappointment then, because that's part of the season, right? Okay. Yeah, they definitely didn't expect to lose to the Titans at home. Say, anytime the Patriots lose a playoff game at home, you should call a season a disappointment. <laughs> yeah, and they weren't also expecting to be in the wild card at all. So True, right. and then they lost to the Chiefs. That's true. You're right. And there there and were the a Ravens. lot of things. They lost to the Dolphins, that's what hurt yeah. them the most, which is a whole other thing. So it's a disappointing season. I think we've all seen uh, the cracks in the Patriots dynasty, you know, leading up to this moment. But I think this is finally the moment we could say that the New England Patriots are about to rebuild. And is it safe to say it will be without Tom Brady? I know there's speculation that he will stay, but I really don't see I think he's gone. Yeah. I think you. I personally think he's going to stay there, which is going to hurt the Patriots, like you just said. Yeah. In order for them to rebuild, they need to move on from Tom Brady. I don't think the rebuilding stage can be made with him there. Obviously, yeah. But I do think, unfortunately for them, I mean, I don't care that much. I'm not a huge Patriots fan, but I think Tom Brady's going to stay there. Really? Because I've heard that Bill Belichick doesn't want Tom Brady, and he's still kind of salty that Robert Kraft forced him to trade Jimmy G instead of uh, getting rid of Tom. We'll see. I think Tom Brady's on the road, and I think that... This this will be a year where without Tom Brady they'll miss the playoffs. Honestly, okay. I think if Tom Brady stayed, I feel like they could still be a wild card team though. Sure. Yeah. But and and it's not because Tom Brady's lights out. It's just I think that the inexperienced like, quarterback will hurt him. Yeah. I mean their ceiling's very limited right now either yeah, way. I, I believe that their their quarterback on the roster now, quote unquote, supposed to start is Jared Stidham. As of now. Who exactly? <laughs> Came from quarterback. Yeah, yeah, but he, I mean, 
He definitely has potential to play in the NFL, but sure. he is very, very young. And he did have a great preseason. Yeah. <laughs> it was a pretty forgettable preseason, to be honest. Um, I mean, if Brian Hoyer wasn't tra- was he traded, right? Brian Cut- Hoyer? Yes, yeah. he was traded. Yeah, if he wasn't traded, then Jared Stidham wouldn't have uh, stayed on the roster, to be honest. He'd probably be in the XFL, which is also closed, by the way, right now. So, Sad. All right. So that's so. What what what's what's next for the Patriots? What do you think they got to do this off season to uh, honestly get better? Draft Jake Fromm. I think Jake Fromm is their guy. I would agree with that. Okay. Um, I think at receiver they're going to be all right because, like I said, Nikhil Harry is going to be fine. He's he's a monster. Yeah. He, he just is needs good. to be healthy. Yep. They have Sony Michelle. They have a running back. They could address the offensive line. But I feel like now that I'm thinking about it, every team we've talked about can address the offensive line. You can always yeah. address the offensive line. Oh, always. But, yeah. I mean, the Patriots' offensive line was hurt most of the season. Yeah. So maybe, you know, having a full season to kind of just put that behind them and get better will, will help them out. So maybe offensive line isn't, you know, a pressing matter right now. It will be, though. No, I think their offensive but, line is probably fine. They have yeah. some young guys that weren't very healthy this this past regular season. Isaiah and I think Wynn. that, yeah, and, you know, I think with good health they'll be all right. I think Isaiah Wynn is going to be – a long time starter in the NFL. Yeah, I agree. He's he's a good one, for sure. Okay, all right. So Jake Fromm is is the guy. What about free agency? I mean, I could see the Patriots succeeding with a guy like Teddy Bridgewater. Okay, that'd be interesting. And I think Teddy Bridgewater would be a good fit because you know, they're not gonna ask Teddy Bridgewater to carry the team on his back, and he'll limit turnovers and he'll make smart decisions. So honestly, Bridgewater to New England is a pretty good fit. I don't see them pursuing another old quarterback, okay. like Philip Rivers. I, I, I think they want to get young at the position. Okay. Yeah. I've been seeing a lot of Marcus Mariota to the New England Patriots. Very Rivers possible lately. as well. Yeah. And that's been something that's been growing uh, a lot because I thought the Bears might want him, but they don't. So that's that, which is, that's just the Bears being dysfunctional. So, okay. That's interesting. Uh, what about this defense? Is there, what, what improvements could they use? Because... I feel like stats in this case kind of lied. Like they were statistically one of the best defense, but they were playing against some pretty mediocre teams. Yeah, I think. I think their second. So their secondary is mostly intact, for, from what I know. Yeah. Um, moving forward, I think you can add another veteran guy into that secondary to help bolster it. Uh, it came back today. A report came out that the Minnesota Vikings released Xavier Rhodes, and I think that's a guy yeah. that they could go out and get at corner to. Go opposite of Stephon Gilmore, and I think that would be a lockdown, uh, a lockdown secondary. And I think Stephon Gilmore would benefit from having Xavier Rhodes, and Xavier Rhodes would, would benefit not being the number one guy anymore, now being behind Stephon Gilmore and just taking the number two receiver. Xavier Rhodes could excel as a cornerback too. Yes, he can. I agree with that. Yeah, and I feel like he'd be a great fit in the Patriots system because, you know, the Patriots system asks a lot of its players to play a lot of different positions and a lot of different schemes. So Xavier Rhodes is definitely a guy that can play zone and man yep. coverage. Okay, interesting. I think Chris Harris has been linked to the Patriots, was he not? I I, I don't know what Chris Harris is linked. The only thing I heard was the Chiefs. I don't okay. hear anything else in All right. uh, other than that. But I also think, I mean, you could find a defensive lineman as well. Okay, sure. So the Patriots, I'm pretty sure have their first round pick, right? They do, yes. Yeah. So obviously they're not going to draft Jake Fromm with that first round pick because 
even especially with the combine, his draft stock has been falling, and he's now projected fifth or sixth round type of guy at the at the earliest, which sucks. But we know what kind of player he is. He's a very raw, um, I, I'd say physically talented player, you know. But the intangibles are there. Like people are going to draft Jake Fromm based on his intangibles, and he does fit the Patriot system and their uh, culture. So with their early round picks. Who would you like to see the Patriots? Well, not like, but if you were the GM of the Patriots, who is somebody that you would love to draft? You know, I'd like to see the Patriots probably draft uh, another linebacker, whether that's an outside guy to create pressure, because I don't think their defense was super crazy in the sacks department or even the quarterback pressures department. So I could see them picking up an edge rusher in this draft. I'm not necessarily sure who. But definitely one of those later first round, mid first round guys that okay. might even fall back. So, all right, I'm gonna. I was gonna agree with that. I would like to see him get a, a pass rusher. I think a guy like AJ Spinza Ooh. would be a good pick for them. Be a good fit. That'd be a good. Pick. Um, Kenneth Murray. Kenneth Murray. He might. He might not fall that far. Well, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, another guy I've heard them link to is Zach Braun middle linebacker from Wisconsin so like that could be another linebacker guy that Cody Cody brought up all right that's good would could you see them drafting another receiver because they definitely could I don't know about in the first round maybe in the second round okay all right because I know LaVisca Chanel has dropped out of the first round because of his uh, surgery at least that's what that's the move from a lot of NFL teams right now so yeah okay all right all right, well, is there anything else y'all want to add, or should we move on? Um, well, we got to predict how they're going to do based season. off of our moves, right? Well, yeah. I was... Do that at the end? Yeah, we'll do okay. it at the end okay. once we get okay. everyone in. Yeah. All right. All right, so the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, they were second. Yeah, the team that we all... Well, I guess not all, but I felt like probably could have slash should have won the division. They deserved it uh, a little bit more. So... They definitely overachieved. At least in my opinion, I think they overachieved. Y'all might have had them a little... You were a little bit higher on them than I was. I wouldn't say it was an overachieved. I don't think they overachieved. I would say they did what I thought they were going to do. Um, I personally think they could have done a little better. Like you said, I think they deserved to win this. They were only two games behind the Patriots. Yeah. And there was one, one game, the game in Buffalo, that the Patriots won because of a cheap shot to Josh Allen. So... Yeah. Um, I think that's even another game you could take away from the Patriots and give to the Bills. But I think I would have liked to see them win the, the conference. Okay. Well, how would you how would you rate their season then? I'd give them like a B plus. Okay. If we're going on the scale of just success slash disappointment, I think it's a success. Yeah. You know, I mean, they went. I mean, it's disappointing. The way that they lost their wild card game. Yeah, they should have won it. However, I think that a lot of people were expecting them to not make the playoffs this year, and they ended up being pretty good behind a good defense and then, you know, an offense that would occasionally score and occasionally put them in bad situations. That's very true. They uh, found a guy in Devin Singletary, a young running back who could take the reins from all the older running backs, finally. And he looked pretty good when he did play. You know, he's a... He's somebody who could both run and then catch out of the backfield. And, you know, he helped out Josh Allen a lot. And Josh Allen, I think, is somebody that we need to talk about. How, how impressed were we with uh, Josh Allen in, in his second year? I mean, I saw much of the same thing 
in okay. his second year. Um, well, what would that be specifically? I mean, he's a gunslinger, right? <laughs> sure. So, no, he he has a great arm. I mean, one of the, I think one of the best arms in the NFL. Honestly, he can throw it down the field. Mm-hmm. His decision making just needs work. I think that. You know, this this year I feel like he tried to not run as much. He still ran a lot. But he, he still ran, ran a lot. But I think he, he was definitely trying to throw a bit more, and I think that's where the interceptions came in. It's just him trying to play with, play with his arm and make too many plays. And he just has to – somebody has to coach him up that, you know, you don't make these throws, you make these throws, you know. So if he gets smarter, he could be a force in the league. But sure. if he doesn't, we could see – a potential Jameis Winston situation, I feel like, with Josh Allen, where he's just super wild and up and down, and it just depends on how good the team is around him. Yeah, that's a pretty good comparison, I'd say. What about you, Jesse? I personally think, I think he did well. I think he needs to continue to incorporate the running game into his game, because I think him being able to run makes him relaxed and gives him a better shot at throwing, throwing well, I would say. So I think he needs to continue to run. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, obviously not Lamar Jackson level, but no. he still needs to carry the ball, I would say, at least eight times a game, just just for his confidence. Yeah, I would say so. I think, yeah, I, I, I'd say he got in a little bit better. Like, his flashes were more impressive, in my opinion, this season than last. Um, and that's, I, I don't know, I feel like that's a pretty good fact right there. And... Running-wise, so he's not the same kind of runner as Lamar, you know. And there's there's different types of dual-threat quarterbacks and runners. Like, I think Josh Allen is more comparable to a Cam Newton style of running. You know, a bigger guy, you know, more of a Mack truck type of thing. But the difference between Josh Allen and Cam Newton is that Josh Allen's still pretty young right now. He hasn't gone through the injuries that Cam has yet. But he needs to learn how to slide once you run out of bounds. Um... And not always put down his head, because he does that a lot. And it's not a good habit at all. And I don't know why he thinks it is. But he does that a lot. And he needs to he needs to chill out with that. Because we've seen the injuries Cam Newton is going through right now. And, you know, it. I agree that Josh Allen is very raw. And he needs some fine-tuning for sure. And honestly, at this point, it's up to him to put in the work. You know, this Buffalo Bills team, I think, could be about as good ceiling-wise as Josh Allen is. Is that fair to say? I don't know. I'd give I would give them a little more credit. I mean, their defense is pretty stacked, and they didn't lose many players, so I think yeah. their defense is still solid. Um, like you said, they found a guy in Devin Singletary in the backfield. Um, their wide receivers are nothing to write home about. That's that's what we're yeah. going to get into in a second with acquisitions wise. I was definitely going to say they need a receiver to add a receiver, but um, I think I personally think Josh Allen will take even another step forward this next year. And I think he's going to play him better. Okay. If they get him a reliable weapon, that's pass catcher actually explosive yeah a pass catcher because I mean John Brown was definitely a security blanket for sure. Josh Allen but John Brown's like getting up there in age and you know he's not mm-hmm. a flashy receiver he also has no. two safety blankets and not a big time receiver because yes he has John Brown he also has Cole Beasley who's just another safety blanket That's so yeah, they're not, two of the exact same they're receiver. not slot play guys, guys yeah. you know? slot guys yeah. yeah yeah and that's fine I mean but you do need somebody who could uh, you know step up when, when they need to. And Josh Allen isn't an accurate quarterback. I think we all know that. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it has to be somebody who could, you know, either be electrifying with the ball or have just be a big body out there that could 
with a really big catch radius. I will put one guy on everyone's radar right now. Moving into the next season, he did. He was hurt most of the year last year, but I think a guy like their tight end Brandon Knox can definitely um, take a bit of that role if he's healthy. I think sure. he, I think he can be a stud if if he gets healthy and gets gets it figured out. Sure. No, I agree. All right. So receiver wise, this is a deep one in this draft. Also, there's there are a lot of good tight ends in this draft as well. Just throwing that out there. But who would you like to see? get drafted by the Buffalo Bills? Um, I don't think they need to look at tight end. Like I said, I think they got a guy in Brandon Knox. Okay. Um, I think... Uh, I would like to see him get a guy if he's there, like Henry Ruggs or T. Higgins will be there. That'll be um, This mock draft that I just looked at had them picking up Justin Jefferson, and I think that would be a great fit for Buffalo. I would I like probably him. go Justin Jefferson over T. Higgins just because... Yeah. Watching T. Higgins in his last, what, four games of this college season, he got hurt way too much with just little injuries that if you want to be a real dominant NFL receiver, you can't have. They need a number one receiver, and T. Higgins is a number two guy. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And they already have number two guys on their <laughs> roster. Yeah. So I think that's that definitely Justin Jefferson would be a, a good way to go. Okay. Depend- I feel like depending on what happens with the whole situation in Cincinnati... Maybe making a move for AJ Green wouldn't be the worst idea. Well, AJ Green did get franchise tagged. Yeah, tag. he got franchise tagged. Yeah, so but you could still make a trade for him, but it's gonna be a pretty high price. Yeah, because it's the the Bengals don't like letting go of players. I I I know I know that part of the situation. I'm just saying, you know, if AJ Green wants out, which it seems that he does, or you could wait the one year that they have to, you know, sign him to a long term contract, which I don't think he will pursuing him either now or later or using that as a point with Cincinnati like hey he's not going to play for you this year if he doesn't feel like it so I'd give him the only thing just to counter your thing I think the only thing that would give benefit out is I think with the Bengals obviously we're not talking about the Bengals right now but I think they want to give AJ Green a chance if they draft Joe Burrow just to see if that works out because yeah. Joe but, Burrow wants AJ Green yeah that's why they franchise tag but him. I do agree if if this whole testing period this year doesn't work out between Joe Burrow and AJ Green, I can definitely see that. Yeah. But we'll see. I I mean, I don't really trust the Bengals to be that smart either, so we'll have to see. But I think, yeah, getting a receiver would be good. Uh, honestly, I wouldn't mind them drafting a tight end, though, and going with some double tight end sets. That way they could run it a little bit more with Dev- Devin Singletary. I think uh, the tight end out Missouri, Big Al, I can't say his last name. No, he tested saying. really well at the combine. We're running a Running a four five was it a four four or, or a four five? Four five. It was in that range, but it was still really good. And then getting, I mean, you know, he, he put up good combine stats, but if you look at the film, he's a dominant wide receiver with a really big catch radius at six eight. You know, so that might be someone for the Bengals to look at, or sorry, the Buffalo Bills to look at, just because you know, like I said, Josh Allen isn't very accurate. And, you know, that's just a big body that you could throw fades to, throw it up there, and he'll go and get it and make plays. So, yeah. Are we optimistic about the Buffalo Bills? I think so. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. They still have They're not losing, Oliver. like, anything on defense. No, and Ed Oliver. And they also have Tredavious White. Yeah, and Ed Oliver is taking a next, his next step into his second year, and I think yeah. he played a solid a lot. Yeah. season. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like another thing that the Bills could do, acquisition-wise, is go after a free agent cornerback. Or even draft another cornerback in the second round, who could be obvi- play off opposite of Tre'Davious White. 
Yeah, that's fair. I can I mean, see that for sure. There's still, nothing wrong with building strength on strength on the no, defensive no, side no. of the ball. And they still do have Michael Hyde at safety, who's the leader of that team. So yeah, I agree. And then that young linebacker in Tremaine Edmonds, who has yep. been had a really good season this year, actually. Yep. You know, and he's still only like 21 or 22, because he got drafted when he was 20. So yeah, this defense is still solid. Yep. All right. Sounds good. The Buffalo Bills are trending up. Next up, New York Jets. Yes, we have the New York Jets. Um, I mean, I don't know what. I didn't expect a lot out of the New York Jets this season. I'm still not a believer in Sam Donald whatsoever. I no. I had the Jets winning a lot of games because I thought Le'Veon Bell's presence would take the pressure off of Sam Darnold. And uh, no, Le'Veon Bell's a joke. Well, Sam Darnold's a joke. Well, Robbie Anderson's a joke. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The whole organization is a mess. I would say Adam Gase is a terrible, terrible head coach. I've known this for years. You can have. You can even ask Jesse in Denver. His play calling wasn't that great or creative. He had Peyton Manning, and then he was called a quarterback whisperer. <laughs> Peyton Manning was already whispered to him. Yeah, Peyton Manning. Sure. Peyton Manning's the reason that that offense was good, not Adam Gase. So ever since he's been a head coaching candidate, I've known that he wasn't going to do anything, and, we, and we're seeing it. He's not a leader. He never has any commitment to any of his players. He doesn't instill confidence in anybody. Like. Adam Gase is an absolute joke, and I feel like the Jets will continue to be a joke with Adam Gase in charge. And, and their quarterback, or, uh, Sam Darnold. I think Sam Darnold is just... He, he fits perfectly with Adam Gase in that they're both bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they're not going to get rid of Adam Gase or Sam Darnold. Because if know. they would, then they would have done it by now. So, uh, another disappointing season for the Jets. <laughs> well, it was disappointing, and, and I would say a failure on the fails success side. Especially but, with the moves that they made in free agency for Bell and C.J. Mosley. They definitely yeah. wanted to be a team that could compete for the AFC East and they just weren't. Yeah. C.J. Mosley was hurt though, so you know, he'll come back with Jamal Adams and that defense and we'll see. Uh, there are rumors that Leonard Williams will leave the team though. Wait. Hold up. Isn't he on? Yeah. No, I think he already left actually. Yeah, he did leave. My bad. I'm I'm just kidding. He was He's on the Giants right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And we'll get to that. Later. Man, they run their great defensive line out of there all the time, don't they? Yeah. So it's just CJ Mosley and Jamal Adams. Um, yeah. So, <sighs> Sam Darnold, year two, what are we thinking? Sam Darnold, yeah. So if you would have asked me when Sam Darnold was getting drafted, I know Cody and Simon were there. Yeah. I, I told them, this is a terrible pick, especially when they take him to the third, third, third pick overall. I'm just like, He's not going to do anything in the NFL. If any, if you want to do anything in the NFL, he would have to at least stay one more year, if not two more years, in college at USC. Um, and I think it's just showing finally. Like, I mean, you guys believe me. I know you believe me, but you know, we're seeing it. We're seeing it. I mean, I said the only reason I thought the Jets were going to do better is because the ball wasn't in Sam Darnold's <laughs> hands as much. So, I mean, if that doesn't say anything about what I think of Sam Darnold, then I don't know what does. He literally said it. He was seeing ghosts. <laughs> Yeah. Against the New England defense. Yeah. So, like, if you don't want to get clowned, then maybe you shouldn't be terrible at your job. Oof. Yeah. Uh, he, I didn't see a ton of improvement. I mean, I saw some. Like, there are flashes where, oh, that was a good throw and whatnot. But really not a lot. <clears throat> I also felt like they used Le'Veon Bell wrong. As in, they gave him 20 carries a game. 
instead of going like, all right, here's like 15 carries, and then we'll try to get you touches receiving-wise. Uh, but, you know, when you have Sam, I, mean, I don't know. Like, it's easy to plan game plan against one guy when everyone else isn't doing anything. The Jets' offensive line isn't good. The receivers are, are not that great, to be honest. Sam Darnold, even when he's good, is... Those 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 in are doses. pretty rare. Yeah. yeah, they're they're pretty rare. Yeah, in doses. And then the defense, uh, they they weren't healthy. But even if they were, I don't think they could have carried this team anyways. Nope. Oh, and your coaching staff isn't good. So, what are we looking for? The what do we want the Jets to do this offseason? What's what's the number one priority outside of Sam Darnold and Adam Gase? Because that's not going to change. Um, well, I was gonna say if the Jets want to compete. If I if I went into my GM mode, I'd fire Adam Gaze. Okay, but we said besides but that. But we said besides that. Yeah. I mean, like, what's the move? There's nothing that they can do wrong as far as acquiring anybody. Anybody. Okay. I mean, the safety is addressed because Jamal Adams is elite. Yeah. Is an elite safety in the league. Yeah. And CJ Mosley is going to be back. Honestly, I feel like they should just scrap the Le'Veon Bell experiment and see if they could try and get draft picks out of him. Okay. And then they could pick up a guy in the draft that they're going to misuse. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay, a guy I would like to see them draft is a guy like Jeff Okuda, cornerback, if he's there. Um, well, I don't think Jeff Okuda will be there, but like CJ yeah. Henderson or Justin, not Justin, um, Kyle Fuller. One of the top end corners. What, Kyle Fuller? Or whatever. Fuller. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Know I think it's Kendall. Kendall. No, Kendall? Kendall Fuller's already in the league. I think there's another one. The, no. the LSU guy. Yeah, I know. I know it's the LSU guy. What's his name? It's Kyle Fuller then. Christian Fulton. That's the name of the LSU cornerback. Oh yeah, okay. it really so is. So close. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and it started with a K. It started with a K and an S. Okay. So Christian Fulton, a guy like that, just a guy. Like a top-end corner that can help the team. Like, okay. really any defensive player. I don't think drafting a skill position guy would be a bad idea either. Like we said, this wide receiver class is pretty deep. So they could sure. get one of the better ones, like a Jerry Judy, yeah. at their pick. That'd be a good pick, I think. Yeah. I well, think getting a lineman would be pretty good, too. Uh, their line hasn't been good for a couple years now. and For some reason, they haven't really drafted to address that. Or added free agents. And they're losing so, Calvin Beecham yeah, this year, too. Which is, who was their best lineman. Yeah, and he was saying a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll have to see. But I think drafting a lineman, literally anybody on the offensive line would help. Uh, I mean, you know, it wouldn't hurt adding anybody else. I just think if you want to win games, it starts in the trenches. So you got to build out those trenches for sure. All right, so are we not feeling good about the Jets this season either? No. Or this next season? No. Okay. Well, hold up. How about this? Actually, no. Well, I'll ask that at the end. All right, so we're going to move on to our last but definitely not least team, the Miami Dolphins. I'll be real. You know, they their team talent-wise got worse as the, <laughs> as the season went on, but I felt like the team got better. And I'm feeling pretty good about Brian Flores, to be honest. Yeah, I think Flores did... I mean, he got floored in That's, those first few weeks. Yeah. But, I mean, he was facing some really good teams with... I mean, I I can say, even though the Dolphins don't have the top pick in the draft, that they're, talent-wise, are the least talented team in the NFL. 
I have no problem saying that. Yeah. And they continue to trade away their talent, just stocking up draft picks and they do a lot of draft roll picks. guys. Oh. And you know, I think that they could definitely take a step forward. I don't see them making the playoffs, but no, I don't see you know, I I either. still think that uh, Operation Tank for Tua could be a success and that they could get Tua at the fifth spot. I think it will be a success to be yeah, honest. I think Tua will be there. Yeah, that injury to Tua kind of helped them out. A bit. Yeah. Because yeah. they did start winning games, and let's here let's let's start about let's talk about this regular season, right? So they did get like destroyed destroyed this first half, but in the second half we saw a lot more life. They had a very entertaining game against. Granted, it was the Bengals, but it was an extremely competitive game. Uh, I watched it. I loved it. It was great. They actually they beat the Patriots, and there yeah. were the reasons they didn't go as far as they could have in the playoffs. You know, and they had some really nice wins. I. How, how do we feel about Brian Flores? How about that? How do we feel about him? I like Brian, Fl- Brian Flores. Yeah. You know? He's certainly not the worst coach in the division. So we just talk about that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. that's certainly a win. And, um, you know, I feel like his players want to play for him. Yeah. You know, He's and a good that's, guy. that's one of the hardest things to do, I'd say, as a coach, is like creating buy-in, especially for a guy like Brian Flores, who's a first-time head coach of a team. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's created a good culture in Miami where, you know, they want to compete. Like, a lot of people are were saying or joking, hey, Miami is tanking wrong. They're not doing it right. It's like, well, it's because they want to win games and Brian Flores doesn't want to take this laying down. That's true, yeah. You don't want to... So, I mean, there's a difference between tanking and then having a losing culture. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So... I, I I like what he did. I think they do have a winning culture. Now they just got to stock up on talented players, right? They got to build their team right. Ryan Flores has a ton of draft picks. He has cap space. He can make this team however he wants. And it's, uh, well, I don't know if he's their GM. But it's on uh, Miami's GM in Miami to, to figure this thing out. Uh, what, what do you think about Brian Flores, Jesse? Sorry, I didn't get to you. No, you're good. I, I think... I don't know, I would agree with Cody and everything he said. I think he's a good guy. and Yeah, the, the biggest part being a coach is to have your players buy into your, like what you're doing. And, I, yeah, I believe that Miami is doing doing that. And I think moving forward, that's all they need. And that's they have the pillars that they can build around. For sure. All right, so basically they have everything to take care of this offseason. They have a lot of holes pretty much everywhere. They did just release Rashad uh, Johnson, right, their safety. They released Rashad Johnson, who was a pretty good safety for them, a veteran guy, uh, over a couple years. And so... They're still stuck with Sue's money, too. Yeah. From his so massive contract, that. from the sins of their past. Yes. So, they, you know, they, they do have some young players, though. Um, let's, let's talk about that. Josh Rosen is still on the roster. I think he should stay there. I think he should be the backup. Okay. That's, or a placeholder. I mean, either yeah. one. Right. Uh, I think they should draft Tua, obviously. Yeah. With their first pick in the draft, and he will stay one starter. And I think he can learn from Josh Rosen. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, if I were them, I'd definitely start Rosen over Tua, just because I don't want to rush Tua's uh, hip injury. And I know they don't have an offensive line because they traded their best lineman to the Texans. So that's a really big concern because their offensive line has a lot of holes. Everywhere. Bama's so, offensive line is better than the Dolphins' offensive line. Yes. So, offensive line is something that they shouldn't overlook at all. Like, in fact, if they could draft Tua and then another lineman, like a left tackle, that'd be pretty good. 
mm-hmm. and I think they can. You know, uh, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. They do have three first round picks, don't they? Yep. yep. Yes. I think that their one of their other first round picks should be used on Kenneth Murray because I think they need a leader on the defensive side of the ball. Sure. Yeah. Who's you know kind of pioneering it, you know, like calling the plays and stuff. I think Kenneth Murray is definitely that guy that they can rely on to do that. And also just, I think he's a guy that Brian Flores will definitely like being a defensive guy. So I think that that should be at least two of their picks. And then, you know, their third pick can be used on either side of the line, offense or defense, honestly. Okay. I was going to say, I was going to think about this. I think you're absolutely right. They need to bring in a a veteran defensive player. Well, I'm sorry, a leader on defense, not a veteran. But it could be a veteran, it could be a young guy, just a leader. So a guy that I thought of too um, is D-tackle Linval Joseph, who got released by the Vikings today too. I think they could bring in him. Um, he'd be better than Ndamukong Sue. Um, like, I don't know if he'll, like, in their prime, I think Ndamukong Sue is probably better, but he won't cause him any problems is what I'm trying to get at for the Dolphins. I think he could definitely go in straight there in there as D-tackle and lead, help lead that defense. And give them at an affordable price, too. Mm-hmm. They can. I think they need to invest into a backup quarterback, too, in this free agency. Whether that's like, you know, making sure that Fitzmagic is still around though, because Josh Rosen is also injury prone. Well, Fitzmagic is, I'm pretty sure he has one more year on his deal. So. Okay. Yeah. So just making sure Fitzpatrick stays there, because, you know, Fitzpatrick doesn't get hurt. So like, you know, even if two is not ready to go and Rosen gets hurt, you still have a guy who won games for them. So. Yeah, I completely agree. So they do have holes at the running back, and well, I mean, I don't know. They have Devontae Parker at wide receiver, so they're kind of okay there. And they have Mike Gusecki, who didn't have a bad rookie season. I think Mike Gusecki will take a step forward for sure. Yeah, Mike Gusecki's much better. Yeah, so there, it could be a worse situation, actually. It's just really the line, and then you don't have a running game. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very deep running running back class, though. Yeah. Um, you look at the second second tier guys, like I think Cam Akers is a guy that flies under people's radar. It's going to be really good. And A.J. Dillon. I think A.J. Dillon is a monster. Yeah. Just like wait to, to be see. unleashed. Oh, yeah. I'd like to see A.J. Dillon in Miami. They could give him a – they could let him carry the offense a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'd say uh, the future is definitely bright. Oh, they do have a young corner in Ex- Xavier Howard. Yep. Who had yeah. a sneaky good season, you know. It just – I mean, you know, he did have a good season. Just nobody noticed because the – He plays the Miami. Wasn't, yeah. So, there's a lot of upside for Miami. I, for one, am feeling a lot better about Miami than I am uh, the Jets, for Absolutely. sure. Easily. Think, yeah. Yeah. I think right. I'd have them ahead. Is that what we're moving into next? Yeah, let's move into it. So, let's uh, do our way too early predictions for the 2020-2021 season. This is before even free agency. Yeah, yeah. before free but agency, before the draft. Remember, we are doing this based on what we just talked about. If those moves happened for these yes, teams. Yes, ideally. Or something close to that. So, let's well, let's go for it. Who wants to start? Let me go first. Yeah. All right. I have in the 2020-2021 season, I have the Buffalo Bills winning the AFC East. I have the New England Patriots with Jake Fromm in second. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs with Jake Fromm, but I think they're second. Okay. Then I put Miami and then New York. Okay. Yeah, I basically have the same. Uh, the Patriots are borderline for me, so they, they may or may not. It really just depends on what they do outside of quarterback as well, to be honest. So that's that's just me. But, 
Uh, I do like Miami potentially pushing the Patriots, though. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the Bills in the driver's seat of the AFC East. However, with I feel like the Patriots could still keep Tom Brady and draft Jake Fromm. So that way that they're building for the future and maybe get one more year out of Tom Brady or develop Jake Fromm so that they don't have to just throw him into the fire of the flames. But I feel like a New England team with Brady can still go 9-7 and seven or even 10-6 and six and sneak into the playoffs, honestly. The only thing is we're, we're doing this based on the fact that you guys said that Tom Brady's not there anymore. Yeah. But I said that they should get him. Oh. I said that they should keep him. Okay, that's fine. Okay, I still don't think he's... I mean... Even so, okay. I'll change my name. I, instead, if Tom Brady is there, they still get second in the division, but they do make the playoffs. Okay. Well, so you think they should keep Tom Brady? Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, uh, that's that's what I'm saying. And then, because based off of the moves that we think they should make, third place, I think that the Dolphins maybe even go seven and nine. Yeah, I could see that. Maybe eight and eight, depending on just their schedule and how the ball rolls, you know. And yeah. The Jets potentially being the worst team in the league. Yeah. I can yeah. see two and fourteen from the Jets, yeah. honestly. What if the Jets traded Le'Veon to the Dolphins? I actually was thinking about that when we were talking about them getting a running back. I think it'd be a great move for the Dolphins. Good. They could probably trade like a second round pick or even a third round pick to the Jets. Uh, I'd, I'd go Le'Veon. a fourth and a fifth. <laughs> you could his his value's pretty low right now. Yeah, well he's he's expensive too. Yeah, I mean, they could afford him, though. So Yeah, I know Miami could afford him, but they could. I'm saying they could get him for pretty cheap. Yeah. Like, if it was just a third-round pick for Le'Veon Bell, the Jets might accept that. And I think Brian Flores would use him better than Adam Gase does. Oh, yeah, no, I agree. I think a Tua Tagovailoa or whoever could really benefit from that, along with the weapons with Devontae Parker and uh, Mike Isecki already there. So, at that point, it just... At that point, it's 8-8. Eight and eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I like that, actually. That could be really good. Uh, obviously, you know, they're in the same division, and Adam Gaze is stubborn. So, we'll have to see. But, all right. So, is that it? Did we have anything else to add? That does it for the AFC East. All right. Now, we got one of the more controversial divisions, at least in my opinion. We got the NFC East. NFC East. NFC Least. Coming up next. <laughs> Welcome back to The Cycle, episode 25, recorded on Friday the 13th of March. We have the NFC Least up, where we're going to talk about the self-proclaimed America's team, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Giants, and the Washington football team, who I've just now decided I'm going to protest their name okay. by not calling them by their name. Okay. So, the winners of the division were the Eagles. Nine and, and seven. Yeah, <laughs> overwhelming at nine and seven. Just kidding. We we were talking during the break. Every single team was pretty underwhelming this season. <laughs> yes. So, what are your guys' thoughts on the Eagles season? On what went, let's start. Let's start with the positive. What went right for the Eagles this season? I thought they did what they could with the players they had available to them. In my opinion, I think they they got hit pretty hard by the injury bug. Not gonna lie, 
They lost Lane Johnson pretty early on, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't they lose Jason Peters at one point? Yeah, that's why they're letting him walk. Yeah. So they, they basically lost both of their best... Actually, yeah. Their best linemen, and then, you know, uh, obviously they're both tackles for them. So that really hurt the running game and the passing game, and it showed. And then wide receiver-wise, Deshaun Jackson, when he played, looked good, but his age was catching up to him, and so he didn't play as much as he could. And then it's kind of the same with Alshon Jeffrey, in my opinion. They were also down to their third string running back. Yes, that too. But out of that, I do think that they uh, they found their guy moving forward in... Um, what's his name? The guy they drafted. Oh, from Penn State? No. It is. I think he is from Penn State. He's the guy who eventually replaced Saquon. It's... Uh, Oh my gosh. Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders. Yeah. Go on. Um, I think they found their guy out of that in Miles Sanders. I think I think moving forward, I think he is the running back of the future. Um, he definitely has what it takes to be an NFL starter. So I think that's what the positive of this season was for them. I think Jordan Howard's a great compliment yeah. to him as well. It, once again, he just got hit by the injury bug, but when he was used, he was very effective, and he scored a lot of touchdowns for this Eagles team that definitely tries to run first. Mm-hmm. I'd agree. Yeah. They, uh, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard also didn't have bad seasons either. Dallas Goddard took a step forward, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. You know, Wentz was the first quarterback in NFL history to throw for over 4,000 yards with not a single receiver breaking 500 yards. Yep. Yep. The Zacherts and Dallas Cooper were the leading receivers. Yeah. So <laughs> both tight ends. Yeah. So I think I, I don't know. There are times that this season where the Eagles didn't look as strong as they could have been, but I know they were struggling with a lot of injuries. So I'll give them kind of a pass for this season. It was still underwhelming, but I I mean eventually it gets to the point where there are too many injuries to overcome. And the San, or sorry, the Los Angeles Chargers were a team that was exactly like that. It has a lot of talent, but they, I mean, it's just injuries at this point, you know. So we'll have to see. I don't think it's fair to, you know, see see the season as negative for them, just because, you know, they had a lot of injuries. So like I said, I'll give them a pass. Yeah, and I think that, you know, the Eagles is, are different than even compare them to the Chargers. Because they made the playoffs still. Yeah. And they had a winning record. So, if anything, with all the injuries considered, I think they overachieved. And, you know, even in their playoff game, they were still really competitive with their backup quarterback in, who later found out that he tore a muscle or something. Yeah. Yeah. And that was sad, but it is what it is. So, yeah. All right. So, uh, moving forward, what are we looking for the Eagles to do? What's the move? Is Carson Wentz the answer? Yes. yes, I think Carson Wentz is fine. For now, yeah. Um, I think he needs a receiver. We talked about it, the two big-time uh, receivers that once were for the Philadelphia Eagles are old. And, and Nelson Aguilar drops the ball basically yeah. every time it's thrown his way. Yeah, so there think, are games he's really good, and then games it's just, yeah, it's bad. I think, so I think receiver on the offensive side, and then really I think the secondary is a big point of emphasis moving forward for the Eagles. For sure. I think they're going to let go of Malcolm Jenkins, last I heard. Yeah, that might be uh, coming up. He's a, he's a bit up there. Would y'all, cons- if you were the Eagles, would you consider drafting uh, another lineman to left tackle? 
because they are in a position where they could. I mean, it's definitely under consideration because they're letting go of Jason Peters. Jason Peters. So, I mean, they could also make a move for somebody in free agency if they want to bring in a guy like Kelvin Beecham, where he's not going to be as sought out as other free agents, but he's definitely a plug-and-play kind of guy at the left tackle position. Okay. That's uh, definitely fair. All right. So we're looking at receiver then, though, mostly? Yeah, receiver or cornerback. Okay. All right, or cornerback. That's definitely fair. All right. So we're feeling good about the Eagles, though, right? I mean, they are playing in a little bit of a weaker division, too, which is why they were able to get away with having a lot of injuries and making the playoffs. So we will see what will happen with them. We'll predict the record. and Well, not the record. We'll predict their standings at the end of this uh, segment. But up next. Dallas Cowboys. Yes, America's team. Famously America's team. So let's, uh, let's, let's start with uh, their coaching hire with Mike McCarthy. They got rid of Jason Garrett, right? And I've, I've kind of, I'll be honest, I've kind of come around on Mike McCarthy a little bit more. I think Jason Garrett had never really deserved the head coaching job. And I was able to follow it for a while, too, because I was there when they made the change. And I never really thought Jason Garrett was all that or overly impressive. It was just like a new guy they got in there. And, yeah, and then eight, just 8-8 eight and eight, over and over again. That's, that's mediocre in my opinion. But this season, they definitely had a good lead um, kind of near the end of the season. And then they, they lost it and let the Eagles go to the playoffs. So what... What are what are our raw reactions of the Dallas Cowboys season? It was definitely an underwhelming season, and I think going out and getting Mike McCarthy is just going to lead to another eight and eight season. Uh, I right, keep going. See, I don't know. If, um, I I like to think Mike McCarthy's just Jason Garrett two He's a guy who might get you to the playoffs at ten and six, but he's never going to win anything in the playoffs. So sure. I think that this team is going to continue to underwhelm. As far as like you know. Cowboys fans with Dak and Zeke and Amari Cooper, Cooper. Amari Cooper, along with their young, fast core on defense, they're expecting a Super Bowl, and they're not going to get it. And these, the free agency signings are just going to pile up for the Cowboys, and they're not going to be able to keep up and keep all of their players. So, you know, I, I see a future disaster happening with the Cowboys where they're going to end up losing all of their good players I also want to point out that Dak is not worth, he's not a $40 million man. I don't think he's a $30 million quarterback, if I'm being completely honest with you. And he's going to get at least that. And he's going to put this team in a really hard place as far as going out and fixing the holes that they have. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but, well, with some of that, I agree with the whole Dak comment. Uh, I'm, I'm going to come back to Mike McCarthy, though. Let's So let, let's talk about it. Jason Garrett wasn't the answer, but... Let's be real. He went 8-8, eight and eight, right? Over and over again. He was, I'll be honest, I always thought he was an offensive coordinator, if that, maybe quarterback's coach type of guy, and that's about it. I never really thought he was a great leader. I really never thought he was, you know, someone that could inspire more confidence. Mike McCarthy, I mean, yeah, you know, he had Aaron Rodgers and all that and a good Packers defense, but he actually has a Super Bowl, which is something that Jason Garrett definitely doesn't have. And he's, he's been there. So I think it's worth just keeping in mind that Mike McCarthy has way more experience than Jason Garrett. 
than honestly most coaching candidates that were hired this last offseason. And I don't think that experience should be discredited because I, I also don't think Mike McCarthy's incompetent either. You know what I mean? Because an he incompetent. Is. Well, but like, I mean, he only has one Super Bowl to show for Aaron Rodgers' entire prime. Yeah, that well, includes that's a more season where Aaron Rodgers threw forty-five touchdowns and six picks. Yes, but that is more Super Bowls than any other coach. In, well, actually, it's more, uh, the same amount of Super Bowls as uh, all the other head coaches combined in this division. Because this division is divi- is called the NFC least. But what about the AFC West? What about him? He has the same number of Super Bowls as, uh, you know, Super Bowl winning uh, head coaches in uh, the AFC West. Could we also have to give the fact that in the AFC West, they have three coaches that are in their, what, second year? Wait, he doesn't have more Super Bowl wins than the AFC West combined? Sorry, equal. That's what I meant. Yeah, it's John Gruden. Oh, that's right. And Andy Reid. Okay, so he has two. Anyways, I really don't think he's that overrated. And I'm not a Cowboys fan. And just because I'm from Dallas doesn't mean I am. I've never really liked the Cowboys. I cheered for them because they're the only type of football on TV outside of college football. But that's because I was forced to and I was a kid. And we were poor. In the playoffs, Doug Peterson would outcoach Mike McCarthy in his sleep. There's a lot of factors going in there as well. I think this is a Cowboys team. I'll just be real. I think they're they're they need to figure out their quarterback situation. But once it's figured out, I think this is a Cowboys team that will bounce back. Um, there are certain players that you should let go. I think Amari Cooper should be let go. I think he's already on his way out. So yeah, I think that's and that's okay. fine because you have Michael Gallup there, and he had a really good year in my opinion. And so get him more touches. Get uh, yes, Randall Cobb more touches. You know, get Zeke a little bit more touch. Get those backups, too. Those backup running backs like Tony uh, Pollard some uh, touches, too, and they'll be okay. Because his offensive line look good. I just want to say, I think Randall Cobb is also out, I believe. Well, he has one more year, so he's still there. Okay. Yeah. I I think that drafting a wide receiver in, like, the second or third round wouldn't be a bad idea for this Cowboys team, either. Oh, in the second or third round? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think sure. in the first round. I think first round they should probably go on the defensive side of the ball. I or know. if they lose their quarterback, they need to draft a quarterback. Yeah. Yes. I feel so. like any quarterbacks in the first round are capable of replacing Dak and at least doing the exact same thing. I don't know. But uh, I wouldn't give it to a guy like Jordan Love. I don't think Jordan yeah. Love's going to do that. I, w- I wouldn't think Justin Herbert could do it either. I mean, I would give him at least a shot at it. But, yeah, I'd agree. Maybe he doesn't get it done, but... I, I believe more in him than a guy like Jordan Love, who might get drafted ahead of him. Yeah, I think, I mean, we could, we'll could we talk about it later. I think Jordan Love's a little overrated with all this media yes. hot passing now. But, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, I think this is still a very talented Cowboys team. If we're looking at talent straight up, there aren't a lot of holes. There, there really isn't. And... They've pretty at this point they've re-signed everyone they needed to for this upcoming next season, and they're fine. You know, there's they really, I mean, except for Dak, obviously. But that's that's it though, because you could, I mean, honestly, you could have another quarterback come in, and there are a number of veteran quarterbacks in free agency who you could bring in, and I mean, I'll just bring it up, Tom Brady to the Cowboys. That's something that I could think happen. Tom Brady gives them a better chance to win a Super Bowl than Dak. Yeah. I really don't think Dak is that good, if I'm being completely honest. No, I, I know, but I think 
I mean, it's there, there's a lot of things that go in there. I, I, I don't think Dak is terrible, but he's definitely more talented than a lot of quarterbacks. He just needs someone that could help him out. Kellen Moore is, I, I don't know if y'all know this, but Kellen Moore is still part of the team. He's still the OC, mm-hmm. and he is the primary play caller. So there's going to be none of this Jason Garrett, like, interfering. Like, no, Mike McCarthy knows his place. Um, what's his name? He is still the... Kellen Moore? Kellen Moore, yeah, my bad. Kellen Moore is still the OC, you know? And I think that's something that's uh, worth to keep in mind because when Kellen Moore was calling plays, you could tell. And they're dynamic. And I look forward to seeing him, you know, call a full 16-game regular season. All right. Yeah. But, all right. So, in the draft, uh, I mean, I don't know. We kind of touched on it, but, I mean, here, I'll, I'll go first. I think drafting a tight end would probably be the best, you know, either one, just because Jason uh, Witten is, you know, he's, he's older. He, he wasn't terrible last year. He was still a solid blocker, and, you know, he could catch the ball. But, you know, you, it's, it's time to find someone that could replace him. So, you know, there's a number of guys in there. Uh, I know earlier on we did project, what's his name, Big Al from Missouri to go there. There are a number of tight ends elsewhere that are on the rise as well. Mm-hmm. Especially, I think there's one from Purdue, right? It might be Vanderbilt. I don't know. I think it's Vanderbilt, but there's also a guy from Notre Dame that Notre is Dame high. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that might be a thing. Or they could uh, sign Tyler Eifert. Yeah. who is somebody who is a free agent right now. He, I don't know what his market's going to look like, but I know it's not going to be a ton of money because he's still kind of coming back from that injury. But in flashes, he looked good. So, yeah, I think that's what they work. That's what they go for. What about y'all? Yeah. Titan would be good. Agree. Okay. All right. Let's move on then. Uh, New York Giants? Yep. Right? Four and 12. Four and 12. New coach? Yes, with a new coach. How con- or sorry, let's talk about this last season. So Saquon was hurt for a lot of the season. I mean, no one really thought the Giants were going to do a whole lot with the rookie quarterback in uh, Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. I was impressed by Daniel Jones' performance as a rookie. I was too. I think next year. I mean, we'll get into what our projections for next year, but I think he's definitely gonna take a step forward and, and look for him to light it up next year. I think he's the answer in New York. Yep, I believe so too. And Eli Manning also retired, so yeah. So he's obviously there's no. Like narrative about like Eli Manning hating or anything like that. Oh, for sure. I think uh, the Giants are in a pretty good spot. I'm not. I'll be real. I'm just not really sold on their head coach, to be honest. I mean, he was a what was he a special teams coordinator and yeah. a wide receivers guy for the Patriots. I just uh, I don't know. We'll see. You know, I it's just one of those those things where I'd like to see. Uh, Daniel Jones did look good. Fumbling was a really big problem, though, I'd say. His ball security was uh, pretty pretty terrible, I'd say. No, it wasn't even really interceptions. It was just he can't hold on to the ball. You know, like, he would take off and run a couple of times, and he wouldn't really take care of it while he's in the pocket. Like, his pocket presence is sometimes a little, uh, just, just a tiny bit off, so it leaves, you know, uh, really big openings for defenders to go in there and just swat the ball out of his hands, which most of the time he did lose. And those are drive killers, obviously. But uh, future looks bright. Did you have anything you wanted to add, Jesse? Um, I mean, they obviously need to address the defensive side of the ball. They yes. cut they cut Janoris Jenkins, which yeah. is fine. After he made some 
ignorant comments. And then, I don't know what's going on with Olivier Vernon. I know there's controversy about if he's going to come back or not. Wait, isn't he on the Browns? Oh, he got traded. Yeah, that was last year. So, yeah, so he's gone. Um, They do have, so they drafted Dexter Lawrence, I want to say, the big old lineman from uh, Clemson. And he had a pretty solid rookie year, I might add. I mean, he's a defensive lineman, so it's... It's hard to see. But. Yeah, but he, you know, he did some work. He, he helped out that defense a lot. Well, didn't you guys say that they also got Leonard Williams? They did. They did, and that, they have Jabril Peppers. And Jabril Peppers. That could be the beginning of something. Yeah, that's a pretty solid core to build around. So this defense isn't terrible. You have not just young guys, but guys who have been around for you know a bit at this time, uh, at this time in their careers, and they're kind of in their primes. So there's there's lots of you know, be hopeful for if you're the Giants. Their offensive line got better, I'd say. They finally drafted a guy who played pretty well. Was it Will Hernandez, mm-hmm. I want to say? Yeah. Yeah, he, he, was a, he was a nice little steal for them at guard. Um, I mean, that's, to be honest, that's kind of it, though. But they still got a little bit better. Their, their tight end is their best pass catcher. Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram, yeah. He's a monster when he's healthy. Yeah, they also still good. do have Golden Tate, um, yep. former Detroit Lions and Seahawk. And Seahawk, yeah. He, I mean, he's, he's. we're talking about safety blankets. He's that safety blanket for Daniel, Daniel Jones moving into next year. I think as far as acquisitions go, they need to address pass catcher most certainly, and they need to address, address the secondary. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I feel like with their draft position as high it is, as it is, they could go after, like, a Jeff Okuda. Sure. That'd be to, good. Or, or yeah. uh, I'm thinking like, Isaiah Simmons, maybe. Yeah, Isaiah yeah. Simmons has been going up boards left and right and I think he should but I also think that they should draft they could draft what they're the fourth pick in the draft I believe Mm -hmm. they should draft the number one offensive lineman I kind of believe so too Uh, Saquon he he had a pretty alright season he was hurt for a bit you know and then they kind of just shut him down eventually but I think I mean I don't know you can't go wrong with a pass catcher you can't go wrong with Isaiah Simmons who by the way has been linked to the New York Giants pretty heavily like the Giants, they, I mean, they're not saying it because, you know, then another team will leverage that against them. But I think they probably will get Isaiah Simmons, and then that will be really good because he could pull together, you know, Jabril Peppers and Dexter Lawrence, and the defense could look a little scary, if I'm being real. But I kind of agree that they should build on that offensive line so that way, you know, Saquon has some guys who could uh, bulldoze people. Because Saquon's already pretty good as is, right? But yeah. give him an actual offensive line. And then, you know, obviously you have your pass catchers coming back who aren't terrible. You know, there's nothing wrong with Evan Ingram being the main guy. And then you have Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate who are going to, like, cut him up. Oh, and Darius Slayton as well, who I don't know if either of y'all saw, but he had a pretty good rookie season. I'm pretty sure he broke a 1,000 yards and had, like, eight or seven touchdowns, something like that. Or he got pretty close to it. Uh, either way, Darius Slayton was uh, no joke, you know. He was... a uh, undrafted guy, I want to say. And he played pretty well, in my opinion. He had 740 receiving yards. That's not bad. 148 receptions and 8 touchdowns. Yeah, there you go. a lot of touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. And especially in a pretty crowded pass-catching group, you know, with Golden Tate, Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley even, uh, Sterling Shepard when he's there. You know, that's that's pretty impressive. I think they need a clear-cut number one guy, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think Evan Ingram could be a clear-cut number one guy. I think they need a clear-cut number one guy that's not a tight end. <laughs> he's not much of a tight end. He's, sure. he's a, 
I would say he's a receiver. Yeah, I'm thinking because this is you I mean, know they do put him in the slot a lot. But. Yeah, but this is a Patriots guy, right? That come in, you know, he's been with the Patriots for the last couple of years, and I mean, Gronk was uh, their number one guy, I'd say, for a number of years. I mean, he he was a special teams guy, so you can't really. Yeah, well, you know, receivers and special teams guy, he did both. He's but, only receivers for like the last two years. Yeah, but I mean, still though, I think. You know, the Patriots have shown, you know, that's the blueprint that Gronk could be their number one guy. And then you have a lot of guys who, you know, they do their job, <laughs> which is, uh, I, you know, I mean, obviously it's something that everyone needs to do, but it's easier said than done. And I think Evan Ingram could be somebody that you could make of that guy. And honestly, you really don't have to lean on him all that much because you have a probably the best running back in the league in Saquon Barkley anyways. So... And then, you know, and then Daniel Jones will make do with what he has. This is already way more than he ever had in his entire career of playing football. At Duke, yeah. Yeah, at Duke in high school because his high school team was terrible. Uh, but, yeah, I think there's a lot that the Giants could do. I, I don't think there's any way they could get worse, to be honest. I mean, adding a Jerry Judy wouldn't be bad. Adding Jeff Okuda wouldn't be bad. Isaiah Simmons, whoever. Yeah, I you do know. think, going off that point, I think that at the fourth pick in the draft, you just got to take the best available player. And I think the best available player, wherever that position is, plug him in, and he's going to make this team much better. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And they're not competing for a division crown next nope. year, so... Probably not. No. Nope. Do you think Daniel Jones will take a step back with Pat Shermer leaving? Because Pat Shermer is a good, in my opinion, a good quarterbacks coach. And... You know, you had, you had a pretty solid system there, and you saw what Pat Shermer did for even Kirk Cousins, right? So, and slash, was it Case Keenum as well? No, it was just Case Keenum. Sorry, Kirk Cousins was still with uh, the Redskins by that point. Mm -hmm. But we saw what he did with someone like Case Keenum. Um, is there going to be a small, I mean, it could happen anyways, but do you think there might be a slight sophomore slump for Daniel Jones? I don't think so, because I feel like the most important thing for Daniel Jones as a rookie was becoming confident. Sure. And now that he's played well, I think he has the confidence he needs to continue to play the way he does. I don't see him taking like a huge step forward, you know, but I don't see him taking a huge step back. If he does take a step, it's going to be small. It's either going to be slightly forward or slightly backward, but we're not going to notice a difference in like quality of play, really. I think we're just going to get the exact same thing for a second season in a row, which I think is really rare, but it's just I'm not expecting him to go crazy, I'm not expecting him to fall off. Okay. I think he will take that little step forward. I don't think he'll take a step back whatsoever because, you know, second second year, uh, um, first year under his belt, second year going out with, like you said, one of the best running backs in the league in Saquon um, and Evan Ingram back from injury. I think he has the weapons that he needs to at least take a little step forward. All right. But speaking on Pat Shermer, you know who we're going to see next make that big step forward. Drew Locke in Denver. It's lock time, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've already talked about it. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, Pat Sherman, offensive coordinator in Denver. Yeah. On that note, Justin Simmons did get the franchise tag today. Oh, good for him. He gets to stay here. All right, uh, let's Anyways. move on, though, to yeah. the Washington squad. Coaching-wise, I really liked who they hired, by the way. I like that they hired Ron Rivera. He's a stabilizing force. Mm -hmm. I love uh, Jack DeRio coming in because that's just more stability. Because you need 
In an, org in an organization like this, you need stability and as much as of it as you could get. So let's uh, talk about their season. I mean, we didn't really expect a whole ton. Dwayne Haskins, in my opinion, got thrown in way too early. Yeah. And he I, looked bad. Yeah. He looked really bad. I wouldn't say really bad. There are flashes. The last game he played against the Giants, that was before he got hurt, I want to say. Or was it Daniel Jones who got hurt? No, it was him. Before he got hurt, uh, he looked pretty good, you know. And there are flashes, you know. I don't think you could just look at his stats. It's just one of those things where you need to look at his actual gameplay, you know. See, and I think if you look at his actual gameplay, all of his turnovers were atrocious. I mean, they're just yeah. bad decisions, worse throws. I wouldn't he, say worse throws mm -hmm. all the time. Because he doesn't have great receivers. Let's throw that out there first. He's got Scary Terry. Uh, he's not number one he's guy. He's a yeah, rookie, like, fourth round, fifth round guy. Yeah, he's not, he's not number one. Yeah, number one guy. They didn't set him up for success, mm -mm. in my opinion. He, I mean, he definitely looked like a rookie, though. I mean, anything, we saw it when he was, like, taking his helmet off before games were over. Yeah. And but, stuff like that. Like, he's definitely... Ron Rivera is definitely the right coach to help him mature, as yeah. we saw him do with mm -hmm. Cam Newton. Yep. So I feel like that was definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah. Yep. Did you have? I was just say if anything, because obviously Jordan Reed got hurt. If anything, his number one guy besides obviously Terry McLaren was Vernon Davis, and we all know how e Vernon Davis is. Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis both retired this offseason. <laughs> I know. Right? Yeah. So yeah. that that's just tell you what it was like for Dwayne Haskins coming in. Yeah, I think. I mean, I know he didn't look great, but he really didn't have a lot of help. His offensive line was uh, pretty bad because one of them didn't want to play, which was fair, Trent Williams, and he didn't play for a lot of it. Uh, Brandon Scherf, I'm pretty sure, did get hurt at one point. Yeah. And for some reason, they're not bringing him back, which is... it's That doesn't help Dwayne Haskins' confidence, seeing all probably his best players leave the team. And, you know, I... I'm giving Haskins a pass straight up. I just don't think it's fair to grade him. I don't think the former head coach, shoot, what's his name? Um, Gruden. Yeah, Jay Gruden. Jay Gruden. I never really liked Jay Gruden as a person anyways. And so I thought he felt like he needed to prove a point and just throw Dwayne Haskins out there and didn't really care if he succeeded or not. He just wanted to throw him out there and you know have the fans hate on him if he did terrible. If they did, if he did great, then you know the fans would have praised him. And I just felt like that was a very selfish move, and they should have just stuck with Case Keenum. You know, uh, Dwayne Haskins didn't know the playbook, which did, you know, I think factoring into some of the bad decisions and then some of the bad throws as well. You know, like he might have been trying to fit it in somewhere else, and then the receiver wasn't there, and uh, pass catchers weren't there. Barely had a running game, to be honest. I would like to clarify that even though I was critical of Dwayne Haskins' rookie year, I didn't say it was time to panic. No, no, he'll be all right. Yeah, but there are people in Washington who are panicking, and there are serious well, talks of them taking Tua. If, I don't think they should take Tua. At I don't all. think, I think they should Chase take Young Tua. is the obvious move. Um, yeah, get the best player in the draft and go make him a star. I mean. Honestly, I always worry about this Redskins team heading into the draft or free agency or anything because Dan Snyder's the worst owner in the NFL, in my opinion. Yeah. He doesn't care about his players, doesn't care about his coaches, doesn't care about his front office, doesn't care about the fans. He's honestly probably the most selfish figure 
in the NFL, and I'm including Jerry Jones in that because at least Jerry Jones wants to win a freaking football game. Yeah. So, uh, man, that just sucks that they're stuck with Dan Snyder because he's not super old. But, yeah, I mean, Chase Young is the obvious choice. Yes. And re-signing Brandon Scherf is, is the obvious. an obvious choice, yet... I'm, I can't say if they're going to do it or not. Either. Either of them. Plus, they're, they're not re-signing Brandon Scherf. They already said that. Oh, my sure. gosh. And, okay, another thing. Trent Williams doesn't want to play in Washington anymore. No. But they haven't traded him away yet. They could have traded him all of last season. Well, isn't he a free agent right now? No, he's, he's still with the Redskins. Okay, all right, go on. But uh, I know a lot of teams are interested in Trent Williams. He can still play at a high level. But if they traded him last year, they probably would have got a first-round pick out of him. Yeah. Now, they're looking at probably a third-round pick for Trent Williams. Well, he also got hurt during the regular season, too, didn't he? He sat out games sometimes just because he didn't want to play, but he also experienced some injuries. Yeah, okay. It was it was off and on because he doesn't want to be there anymore. Yeah. And the Redskins knew that last year and didn't do anything. So they're just, yeah. they're just a really bad organization, honestly. That's why the Cycle 365 is still, still trying, trying to buy the Redskins. Still trying to buy them. Got to fund us so that we can buy the Redskins from Dan sure. Snyder and turn them around. We have great, great names. We've talked about this. You'd have to reference episode nine, I think, oh, somewhere around there. Somewhere around like nine or eight about how to fix the Redskins because they're just an absolute joke of an organization and they're never going to do anything. I will yeah. give them one. I'll, I'll play the the role of one highlight. The running back core is pretty solid. I mean, they'll have Darius Skies coming back. Yes. They'll have they will have. Uh, Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson, they re-signed him. They also have... Peterson looked pretty good in flashes last year, too. Chris yeah. Thompson. They have Chris Thompson. Um, and they also have the guy from Stanford. Something oh, like. Bryce Love. Yeah, Bryce Love. Those are just a bunch of guys that need to... If they stay healthy, they can have a dangerous four-headed attack. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, but we'll... I'm just saying, like, the running back, the running back room for Washington is bright. <laughs> if they can stay healthy. And if they could use them right, because I don't think they used... I, I just don't think they used any of their players right, to be honest. So, that happened. And they don't have a line anymore, because Scherf is leaving. Trent Williams is... I don't see him playing, so he, he's already out. Uh, and then whoever's left isn't good. So, I think Washington's going to have some tough years. Whoever their quarterback is, whether it's Tua or uh, Dwayne Haskins, his goal is struggle. Uh, for him, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think this coaching staff that they just hired is a good first step. You know, mm-hmm. hiring people who can stabilize the organization, make the right play calls first off, so handle that, and then they can make the right uh, business calls as well. And I don't know. There's just not a lot of upsides. I really feel bad for Dwayne Haskins. I don't think he's getting a fair shake at all, to be honest. Because, I, I mean, yeah, I, it's just, I, I'm sure they're going to go with Chase Young. But there are, there are some pretty significant rumors going around that Ron Rivera, ironically, wants to pull a Cliff Kingsbury and draft another quarterback. Yeah. But I don't, I mean, no offense to Tua. At least this Tua right now, he's not Tyler Murray. Right now. With the injury. And I know he's been cleared, and yeah, that's all good. But even with at, before the injury, he had a lot of, uh, you know, little ankle injuries. Literally, it was an ankle injury every year. And, you know, other small stuff that would happen. So, already, you know, his uh, 
if I'm being honest, if you were to criticize a part of Tua's, you know, um, I guess gameplay or just who he is as a person, it's just his durability that's come under fire recently and will continue to come under fire. And it's not a good idea to put him out there with that offensive line being the way it is. No, I think if, if you're going to look at the quarterback situation for Washington, they should not draft Tua whatsoever because even if they drafted Tua and put him out there, I still think Dwayne Haskins has a better chance to do something, at least, in the offense. I agree. Than Tua does. I feel like Dwayne Haskins can carry an offense more than Tua can. Yeah, yeah. at, at least right now. Yeah. Because he's, he's been through it already. He's been slant Because he took some pretty bad shots this whole season. It was... I mean, other than him, you know, not playing as great. Not playing as great. It was pretty hard to watch his offensive line collapse on every single play. Good news for Dwayne Haskins. I don't think it can get any worse than it was last year, kid. You'll be all right. Hoping so. <laughs> he could definitely use some receivers. He could definitely use a line. Uh, Washington's defense doesn't look bad, though. Darren Payne had a good season. Oh, who am I forgetting? Uh, Monta Sweat was pretty swallowed as <laughs> Pretty solid as well. Sweat was solid. Yeah. Baby. Sweat was solid. You know, Ryan Kerrigan yep. did his thing uh, per usual. And then Landon Collins didn't have a bad season. They also have him. Reggie Ragland coming back at middle linebacker yes. from injury. Yep. And then you could add in a chase zone, and then this defense is looking pretty good. Yeah. They need to get rid of Josh Norman. He's so bad. Oh, he already left. Yeah, he's, he's with gone. the Bills. Okay, he's gone. Oh. Why didn't we talk about that when we were talking about Buffalo? I mean, he's with them, so... I said they could pick up a second cornerback, and you guys just let me say <laughs> I that. Didn't know. I, I didn't know. know. Oh, well, I mean, I thought you wanted... I mean, that's fine. He could still... They could still okay, pick up well, another corner. Okay, well, that's great news for the Redskins, because they were paying him a buttload of money to just sit on the bench or get burnt by wide receivers yeah. all the time. He was terrible, so they should go after a cornerback. They, yeah, they, they definitely need a corner. Yeah, they need a corner, but I think Chase Young has to be the move. Okay, no, 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 no. Yeah. If you draft someone other than Chase Young, it's stupid. But in the second round, or I'd say even the second and third round, drafting a cornerback might be the idea. Or, you know, they are able to trade Trent Williams maybe to a team that needs alignment but is deep on cornerbacks. They might be able to work something out there. Maybe trade him to a, I don't know, maybe like Kansas City Chiefs or something like that where... They, the upgrade of Trent Williams at left tackle would work, but they have a decent depth of cornerbacks, honestly. Well, just this is just a sign up. The only problem with trading them to the Chiefs, uh, if they were to give up a corner, it'd probably be one of the corners they previously had and let go of because Dan Schneider can't keep uh, corners. Something like this, I could definitely see a trade with the Steelers. No. Okay, just, I, I can't see that. I mean... I don't. We could give them Joe Hayden. That's what I'm thinking. More of a veteran, older guy. That eh, I don't know if that's the greatest trade for both teams at that point. Okay. Because we still have Villanueva, and you know, money's yeah, money's tight. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. We'll see. They could trade. They could trade Trent Williams to the Chargers. There you go. They need a tackle, and you know they have a bunch of cornerbacks that. You know, don't all get to see the field a whole lot. Yeah. So maybe like Casey Hayward, or like Jesse was talking about, is mm-hmm. you know a veteran guy who could come in and start making plays for them immediately. Yeah. No, th- that okay. That's a better. There you go. Right. I just yeah. I, I know what Jesse was doing now. He, we were we have a poster 
here at the studio of all 32 NFL teams, so we just had to do a quick run-through. Yeah, it's actually pretty helpful. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. so uh, we'll, we'll have to see. I think Ron Rivera being a defensive guy, this defense will be good under him. So we could, we could rely on that. So at this point, it's really just the offense and how much they could salvage together. Because you... I would say right now they have a guy in Dwayne Haskins who they should rely on. Yeah. Because he has shown flashes. Yeah, moving forward, I think he's the guy that needs to be there. Yeah, you have some good running backs. You know, this could be a really good running back uh, by committee team if, if they use them right. But <clears throat> to have a good running game, you have to have a passing game. And then to have either of those, you have to have a line, which they don't have. So. They could also trade Trent Williams to the Cardinals for Patrick <laughs> Peterson. Oh. That'd be pretty good. I, I think Peterson would look good in a Washington uniform. But yeah, they need an offensive line super bad. Yeah. Oh my god. Maybe I I also saw this. They might just be leveraging for Tua so that someone overpays for Tua and then they could drop down and then get fill a little bit more needs. So like Oh my gosh, they should bait the Raiders into doing that so they get all the Raiders first round picks. <laughs> they could. And then they could just draft offensive linemen. Because Chase Young is nice, but, you know, Darren Payne, Monta Sweat, Ryan Kerrigan will still get the job done. The Redskins are dumb if they don't take Chase at number two. But it'll be okay if they manage to get a boatload of picks out of it. Yeah, and then get some solid guys. Because that wouldn't be bad either. I think a lot of people are saying that it's either Chase Young or Bust. But, like, I I don't think that's that's entirely true. The only thing I could... Obviously, I'm not going to relate them to this team, but this is the only thing I could see happening if they do get a guy like Chase Young. Obviously, it's not going to be to this extent, but I could see them being a team like the 49ers who don't really have that much of an offense, but go out and get a guy like, if you think about it, Nick Bosa, how great he was, bring in a guy like him and Chase Young, that solid defense. And Chase Young's probably going to even be better than Nick Bosa. Can take care of the offense. Yeah, no, that's what I see too. Um, But, you know... Jimmy G and at least has one good offensive line. Yeah, no, I'm not saying he's so. gonna. I'm not saying they're going to the Super Bowl. What's no, I'm just saying not. like that. That's Washington what I, football, <laughs> the dark horse of the NFL. No, that's not happening. No. What I'm saying is, I could see it as more of that situation. Running back where, by committee, <laughs> Jesse. You shouldn't have said that because now I'm buying in. All right, there you go. When, <laughs> when it happens, okay. When it happens, come tell me, and then I'll take credit for it. Yeah, because I'm listening. All right. Okay. See, if uh, Washington was re-signing Brandon Scherf and then adding another lineman, I could see that being a little bit more realistic, but they're not. So, with that being said, let's uh, talk about the future of the NFC East. I think we all have the same one for our divisional winner. It's the Eagles, right? If they could stay healthy. I think the Eagles will win, but I do think even if Dak Prescott is re-signed, I think, I mean, obviously it's always those two teams battling it out, but I think Dallas can still... Make it a, a challenge for the Eagles to win the sure. division. I think the Eagles definitely like should win the NFC East, and I think Dallas is a close second. I like I see something where they might both go ten and six, but the Eagles just do better in the East, or you know it comes down to a tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. Okay. Both that's, teams probably make the playoffs, so that also answers the Cowboys' question as well. Yeah, that's fair. I think the Eagles could low key be a really good team and kind of a contender. If they stay healthy and if they make the right moves, I think they need to invest into a backup quarterback. Yes, because yeah. they, yeah, they're they're running out of options. Yeah, Nick Foles back to Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, or 
I mean, I always say this, they could get Marcus Mariota, because I think he'd fit that Doug Peterson system very well. Or we should know. give him Joe Flacco. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> who they need is Joe Flacco. Or uh, PJ Walker. No, PJ Walker used to be a starter. We give him, like, who's that other guy? This Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen. That's true. We'll take a first round pick for Brandon Allen. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Eagle was first, Cowboys close second. Yep. I agree with that. All right. And then right here, um, I mean, I think I have the Giants third. Yeah, I do too. But I definitely think they go better than four and twelve. Yeah, I agree. They, it's gonna. I think the Giants they might they might make some noise, but it might just be one of those things where they hit like a three or four game skid, and then that might be it. I would say their ceiling is eight eight. <laughs> sure. That's yeah. a pretty high ceiling for the for the Giants. You know, I'm going to put the Redskins ahead of the yeah, Giants Cody's, for Cody's third place. Cody's buying into what I said. Cody's buying into what <laughs> I and, said. And I okay. think, well, I'm going to clarify this. is because of the coaching staff more than anything else. Sure. I've, like, this was definitely an off year for Ron Rivera, and I feel like he got, the blame got misplaced on him for Carolina's struggles. He's two years removed from being a playoff coach. Super Bowl. Two, Super Bowl, yeah. yeah. Well, three years for Super Bowl. Three years Super Bowl, two, two years, years playoff. playoff. Because there was oh, that yeah, one year that the N- that the NFC South sent three teams, That's true. and the Panthers were one of them. They went ten and six, and I feel like Ron Rivera's the guy to turn things around. And I see them surprising people with like a seven and nine record. And I just see the Giants probably going like five and eleven, just because I don't know anything about Joe Judge. And I don't either. The Patriots coaching tree is not an impressive one. Outside yeah. of Brian Flores. You can't say that's impressive yet. <laughs> no, yeah, but <laughs> so I, I know, I know. So okay, that's fair. I mean, that's just coaching. It's, it's on, it's on coaching alone. Granted, Jesse's point got got me thinking, <laughs> and this is with all the moves that we're talking about that they should make. Sure. Too. So I feel like with a great defense, you know, and with a guy like Jack Del Rio, where I mean, he's not an exotic play caller. That's why we didn't really like him in Denver. But he'll with a four three. Jack Del Rio defense, this defense could be a top 16 unit. Oh, I definitely yeah. think, I still definitely think that this defense will be a top, top six defense for sure, no matter what happens to the team record. Yeah. I think they're good. They have really good guys on, like, players, and then two good defensive-minded coaches. I think they're going to be, especially if they get Chase Young, a very, very solid defense. Yeah. They just got to figure out if they get Patrick Peterson, too, that'd be great. In my opinion, that'd be insane. With well, Landon Collins, yeah, that'd, that'd be, be a great really team for the Cycle Three Six Five purchase. That yeah. could be, like, with that, that if they sign or trade for Patrick Peterson, that could look more like that scary Super Bowl Fifty def- uh, Denver defense. Like that's how. Well, even sure. even the great Carolina <laughs> defenses. Mm-hmm. Of the past, yeah, that's what I was thinking of too. Like because they always had the four down linemen uh, that could move the line of scrimmage. No, I agree. I think there's a lot of hope for. Uh, I'm more for uh, the New York Giants, but I think there's a lot of hope for the bottom uh, two teams of uh, this division mm-hmm. than most other divisions. If I'm being honest, yeah. I, th- I really because they do have solidified pieces. There's a difference between having like draft picks and assets. And then having like pieces that are solidified, like the Giants have Saquon, right? The Redskins, you know, they have a, a pretty solid defense right now, mm-hmm. you know. So both of them have better outlooks than the Jets. I think, say that. yeah. <laughs> and then you know, between the the Cowboys and the Eagles, whichever team loses more games to the other teams in the division, 
Because I feel like the Eagles and Cowboys are going to split one and one. But, you know, I could see the Giants or the Redskins stealing one win against one of the other teams, and that's going to determine who wins the division. I personally think, I personally think that, yes, the Eagles and, and the Dallas will go one and one. But I think the Redskins and the Giants both take one game from them, from both of them. Yeah, I'm kind of, that's what I'm under the opinion of. Too. I'll, I'll, I'll see what happens with the Giants. I feel, I feel like the Giants are more likely, this is, and this is why I'll put the Eagles ahead of the Cowboys, I think the Giants are more likely to steal one from the Cowboys Absolutely. than yeah. they are to steal one from the Eagles. That's what I was just about to say. Because the Eagles don't really overlook their opponents, no. but the Cowboys have been known to definitely overlook their opponents. Yeah, I was opponents. just going to say that. I think, I was, if, if you were going to agree with this, I was going to ask you this question, Cody. Is, what do you think happens when Dallas goes in to MetLife in New York? I think that's a game that New York could win. Absolutely. Easily. Yep. Well, not maybe not easily, but pretty easily, I'd say. No, I mean, I mean, like a final score of fourteen to like 12, ten or 12. something stupid. Like, well, I I think it might be a little bit more on the defense than the offense struggling. I think both of these offenses are pretty good. Um, I mean, there are less questions on the Cowboys' defense, but I think the Giants' defense is definitely a question mark, even though there are some players there. But we will see. All right, so that is that for uh, the both north, both norths, east, east. east. <laughs> That's that for the both of the leasts. Honestly, all of these teams are pretty bad. Yeah, but there's there's hope. There's a lot of young talent, which I always look forward to. Because there's like one Super Bowl talent. contender between these eight teams. I think. Good. It's the Eagles. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I, I it's the Eagles. Sure. Yeah. No. Okay. I thought I thought you might have been talking about the Bills, but I wasn't. No. Okay. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I agree. Sean McDermott in the Super Bowl. All right. So coming up next is um uh, is something else on the cycle two six five. Simon is right. Something else. What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Cycle 365. It is March 15th, 2020. I'm here with some special guests. Gene Villanos. I'm Joel, uh, tallest brother. Yeah, anyways, so <laughs> we're, we're doing an all-brothers podcast. I'm, I'm the middle kid, Gene's the oldest kid, and then Joel's uh, the, the youngest. That's right. But we're coming at you with some new content. So we do this with every special guest or, you know, whoever's talking on this podcast. But I have two questions for y'all. Gene, okay. you could start first since you're uh, the oldest one. But what is your favorite personal sports memory? And then Joel, you could go right after. Gotcha. My favorite sports memory would be back in Plano, Texas. Shout out Plano, Texas. Plano Sports Authority it was during the playoffs that we had. We were the A seed and we were playing this really stacked team called the Running Rebels. And the Running Rebels always won they always had the best record but i still remember it to this day there's eight seconds left elbow jumper to get us up by one and then somehow we got the ball back again and the coach told me to run the ball out but i was like nah i'm trying to get two more buckets came in and got fouled and then missed a couple free throws but <laughs> that was my definitely my favorite sports memory ever all right how old were you when this happened i don't know if you said that or not I was probably 12, 12, 12 or 11 years old. I was a little chunkier back right. then, but yeah, I was definitely younger and it was um, PSA in Plano. All right. 
I have to you? say, I have to say for me, it goes back to the seventh grade basketball season. I was, uh, I was playing at this middle school, same middle school, shout out to them, and we was in the playoffs, so we had to beat uh, this middle school called Holmes. And the thing was, I wasn't like that good of a player. I was probably like decent at best, but our two best players, we had a point guard and we had a small forward, they were injured, so... It was up to me. I had to do the work, and I scored a career-high 11 points. Uh, got our team up. Got our team up. You know, a few points. You were able to, uh, one of my teammates knocked down the free throws. And, you know, uh, that was a very important game to me <laughs> in my very short-lived basketball career. All right, sweet. So, uh, as y'all can see, we, we are a basketball family, except for me, pretty much. But we all hooped at one point. So... We're gonna move on though, and we're going. To, I, I want to start with Joel with this one. Yeah. So, what is your favorite personal memory that you didn't really necessarily participate in, but you, you may have seen on TV or witnessed live? Either one. Oh, definitely. Um, I have to say, uh, Kobe Bryant's last game. Uh, rest in peace. But that game was very special to me. I think mainly because I wasn't really expecting to go off like that. Even uh, I remember Shaq was saying that he told Kobe to go off for 50, I think, and then mm -hmm. he ends up going for 61. It was very surreal, and it was like a really like storybook-type ending, in my opinion. And that was special to me, because watching Kobe uh, beat the Mavs so many times when it came to just games, and you hate this player, you come to hate the player, but at the end, you, you're able to appreciate uh, his competitive spirit and just his greatness overall. So that was really nice to watch him finish on such a great note. For sure. It was, a, it was a good way to go, honestly. It was a really good game. And, I mean, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I know you did. Yeah. And it was it was great. You know, it was a little comeback win there. I think Cody and Jesse, those were their favorite Kobe Bryant moments as well. But they don't watch as much basketball. I thought, no, it was, a, it was very special. It was just fun to watch. He was a really great competitor. All right. Fair enough. Uh, what about you? I think it would have to be the 2011 Dallas Mavericks championship run. Yeah. Um, the whole run was basically one of the most underrated runs, in my opinion, when you go up against a Kobe, go up against Durant or Westbrook. Westbrook, and then you have the last final boss of Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, Chris Bosh, and that team was built for championships and just for us to bring in so many wash players like the Brian Cardinals of the world and the <laughs> Jason Kidd and Custodian. the Peja Stojakovic and even um, Delonte West. Was Delonte West or Deshaun Stevenson? I think no, Delonte West came Deshaun, after, Yeah, okay, yeah, Deshaun Stevenson, Stevenson yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Um, just seeing that and Dirk get his ring, his one and only, it's just very special as a diehard Dallas fan for everything. It's one of those things that we might not see again, or we might. Luka Doncic, who knows? But definitely 2011 Dallas Mavericks run. Yeah. Well, uh, on that note, we're going to talk about the Mavericks here. So, the season has been suspended. It might come back. They're talking about going into August, July, kind of kind of into the later months to play out the season. But the regular season as it is is, pro is pretty much over. You know, but we do have the playoffs coming in. And the Mavericks, I'm pretty sure, are sitting in the seventh seed. Not so. not too high, but not too low. Uh, definitely dropped a little bit since, I'd say, December or uh, November for sure. But definitely dropped off with the injuries that happened to both Luka and Porzingis. Both of them have been dealing with a multitude of different injuries. So, the viewers know my, you know, uh, my opinion on the Mavs. I'm, I'm pretty high on them, but I really didn't think that 
there's a realistic chance we could compete this season or contend this season, I should say. So with y'all, what what do y'all think? Do y'all think the Mavericks are contenders this season if the playoffs were to start up again, say June, July? I'd like to think so, but I, in all honesty, I don't think they're contenders. I think maybe to the second round, but I don't see us getting farther than that. In terms, I still think we need more pieces. In terms of, we have the stars uh, Luca and Porzingis, but I still think we need that one more star to add to the team. I feel that we are contenders if we're probably three to four years later down the timeline. I don't believe that Luca can do it all in the sense of being the floor general for the first string. And then when the second string comes in, there needs to be someone like in 2011, Jason Kidd was that person where he could say, okay, guys, we're rushing, we're doing some things, we need to set up the big man, play in and out basketball. Those are the things that I feel like with great veteran help can really help push the Mavericks in the very near future. But Porzingis and and Luka Doncic is definitely an issue. Um, And I think we're probably three or four years out to be a legitimate contender in my personal opinion but I, I think it's good it's good it's kind of a blessing in disguise that Luca had to deal with the injury and Kristaps kind of put himself in that main scorer role and I think he really grew in that sense and there's been some games or at least the last few games that they're playing it seems like Porzingis was able to uh, do his role and contribute a lot same with Luca so I think if they get that working where they're both scoring uh, very well I think it would definitely improve our chances throughout the seasons. Yep, that's fair. Uh, Over a five-game span, I I brought up this stat a couple weeks ago. I want to say it was one or two weeks ago. But we basically talked about the Mavericks, and I mentioned how Porzingis was the first person since Shaq in a five-game span to average something like 25-plus points per game, 10-plus rebounds per game, and then I want to say it was 5-plus blocks per game. Mm. It was something crazy. He was going on a tear, and then he scored nine points against the Pacers. Uh, and And we lost, and the streak was lost. But, all right, so that's fair enough. So you don't think that they could contend even with uh, an extra month or two of, of rest this season? No. It's plain and simple. You have a team that's groomed to be the champion, and that's, I believe, it's the Lakers. Okay. Um, I believe LeBron is still, you know, up there, top players in the NBA, and I, I feel... The fact that he and the guys that he has with, they have role players that are stepping up. When you talk about, you know, the Carusos of the world, a lot of energy players, even their bigs with Dwight sometimes getting in there and getting a nice 15 and 10. That's Those are the unsung heroes that I feel like is part of the blueprint of creating um, a championship run. And I don't think Dallas is there just yet. But we have something very special in Luka. I'm very, very high on Luka also. I believe that the kid is a big body shooter, pick and roll, assist maker, playmaker. He just knows how to score and knows how to play the game. And I think in a couple years, we'll be up there. Okay. Did you have anything you wanted to add, Joel? No, I mean, I agree. I don't think, I think it just needs more time, especially with Luke and Przingis. This is their first season, and it's it's a surprise. It's a good surprise that they're doing this well because I didn't even expect them to be in the playoff seating, but uh, I still think it's a long ways to go before that's fully developed. Okay, that's fair. Before we move into off-season moves, uh, let's, let's stick with this season. Uh, assuming that, you know, the playoffs do restart back up, they just skip the whole regular season and start with the playoffs. The Mavericks are at seven right now. 
Right. So that means they would have to face off with the LA Clippers, Kawhi Leonard and the boys. Uh, Joel, you did say that you feel like the Mavericks could make it to the second round. Do you think the Mavericks could beat the LA Clippers? No. That was before I knew <laughs> that the Clippers were second seed. Oh, um, no, I don't think we could. Because even, I don't know our regular season record against them, but I think I've watched like one or two games and... It wasn't looking too hot. We it haven't was, uh, beat them. Beat we them haven't. Yet. Yeah. So, I, I definitely, if it comes down to that's the final seeding, uh, then I'm not sure. But even then, there's, I'm seeing that the Thunder's fifth seed, Rockets are sixth seed, and it's not that far apart. Like no. it's a very close knit, like few games apart. So we sure. could easily go up or we could easily go down. Who knows? But if if that was the case, I don't, I don't think we could beat the Clippers. Okay. I, I, I assume you agree with them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that the Clippers, in my personal opinion, have 1A, 1B when it comes to top player in the league. A lot of people are high on Giannis, a lot of people love LeBron, but um, I do believe that Kawhi is just something special where you can give him, if you need a bucket, you go to him. If you need a defensive stop, you go to him. There's not a lot of players that have that type of repertoire in the current league right now, um, along with everyone that they have, even Doc Rivers as a coach, is he's always on point when it comes to adjustments. And I don't think we've, uh, I don't think we've we've gone to that point with Rick Carlisle because we haven't made the playoffs in so long. And in my opinion, I don't think he still has that acumen to get past Doc if it was to be a two and seven. Well, and it even comes down to we don't really have a defensive threat on our team and believe it or not Lou Will he's a very underrated and if he's doing well and no one's locking him up then that's a wrap period so I think we definitely we're, we're we have the offensive threats but we don't have the defense to take care of the many different weapons the Clippers have to offer okay that's fair uh, the Mavericks do have some good defenders on their team between Maxi Kleba, uh, MKG, Michael K. Gilchrist, and uh, Willie Cauley-Stein, obviously. But their offensive uh, game is very limited, to say the least. Um, none of them could stretch the floor. Right. You know, and I'm pretty sure their free throw ratings... Well, actually, Ma- Maxi could stretch the floor a little bit, you know, and he could. he's probably the more solid one. But other than him, you know, we don't have a whole ton. Okay, so... With that being said, say the regular season was played out. The Mavericks are sitting at 40 and 27 with the, you know, I'll I'll just give the four seedings. So we have the Lakers at number one at 49 and 14, Clippers at 44 and 20, the Denver Nuggets at 43 and 22, the Jazz are at 41 and 23, followed by the Rockets and Thunder, or sorry, the Thunder and then the Rockets who are both 40 and 24, and then the Mavericks are 40 and 27. So... Assuming uh, the regular season does go on, you know, and we see a deep, I should say, NBA season in general, who, what's a team that the Dallas Mavericks could realistically beat in a best-of-seven series out of some of the teams? I think they could beat the Nuggets. I think we could handle the Nuggets. I'm sorry. No Nuggets slander, but for me, I don't think the Nuggets have it. They have Jokic, but I don't – Jamal Murray, great. Um, I just don't – feel like they have the real big three in my opinion some some may 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 argue but i don't think they have a closer also um i'm sorry people say people say jamal murray's a closer i don't see it 
What about um, Nikola Jokic? I think he's a big man, and he's you know he can close, he's a but good I don't, facilitator. He's, but he he can facilitate and he can do everything necessary for him to get his you know ten 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 whatever his line is twenty ten ten, but. I don't think he's that guy where you're saying, okay, let's give the ball to Dirk on the post or let's give the ball to a Kobe or LeBron. I don't think they have a closer, so that's one of those things I feel like they, we can definitely take up the you know, the Nuggets in a playoff yeah. okay. seed. Yeah, I agree. Do you agree? Yeah. I agree. Well, what are our thoughts about the Jazz, Thunder, and Rockets? Are those winning ball series too? Well, I'm even thinking the Thunder is really surprising this season yeah. with just how well they're doing, but I think it just proves how well of a leader and a point guard Chris Paul is. So I, but I can't even say I've been watching the Thunder that much. I've just been hearing a lot that they've been really killing it. But the Jazz... Assuming they get Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert yeah, back. Assuming they, they don't have coronavirus anymore. Uh, I don't know. That's tough. Their team runs pretty deep, too. I think I think we're very much capable. I think we have a chance. That's what I'm saying. But when it comes to the Clippers, I don't mean to be that guy, but I don't think. Okay. Compared that's to fair. those chances against those other teams, I don't think our chances are very high with the Clippers. But that's the thing about, I feel like, which is such a shame that you know the season has kind of run its course a little earlier than usual because of coronavirus when playoff basketball is in action i feel like it's a whole you see all sorts of different things where it almost becomes predictable we can trace back to the we believe culture in golden state before the steph curry and the clay thompson you understand that you have guys like stephen jackson baron davis um all these guys knocking out basically the Mavericks being the one seed and they're being the A seed. So there's so much that could happen when it comes to NBA basketball and just staying healthy. But right now, hypothetically, I would just say that the Mavericks are just kind of just starting out. They're just beginning, I feel like, when it comes to their capabilities. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, Chris Stops and Luca, in my opinion, both aren't in their prime yet. They're both extremely young. So they haven't been to the has Porzingis been in the playoffs? No, not, ne- not with the Knicks. Yeah, <laughs> so no. neither of them have playoff experience. No, so. Not yet, but yeah. it's it's coming. So uh, let's move on to the offseason. If the Mavericks were to pick up one free agent, or uh, okay, I won't even limit it to free agent. If the Mavericks were to go after one player that could put them over the top, who would y'all like them to see? I don't even know who the free agents are. Well, no, it, it could be anybody. Like anybody. It could be like a Kevin Love or... You know, a no. Mitchell Robinson, whoever. Steven Adams. That's. I think we just really need... I don't know, because I was going to say we need a really uh, important presence in the paint. Sure. Boban's good, but, I mean... He doesn't move he's, enough. He, yeah, yeah, he can't be consistent like that all the time. Shout out to him, though. He had 31 points. But I think if we have a very uh, present person in the paint that's grabbing those boards... See, it'd be nice if we got Andre Drummond, in my opinion. It sucks that sure. he went to the Cavs, but that's just me throwing a player out there. Okay. Yeah. All right, so a center. What about you? Um, A lot of people, I feel like, could help the Mavericks. I feel one big one would be DeMar DeRozan. I feel like someone someone with that type of um, offensive barrage can really help out and take the burden away from Luka because I feel like Luka does so much facilitate it's hard to not to not only facilitate the game and get everybody involved but get your 30 or get your 25 as well that's a whole different type of beast to be able to do that in a consistent um, level without suffering through injuries or any slowdown 
um, DeMar DeRozan's one, even people like Serge Ibaka, like another stretch four that we could kind of pick up that has the athleticism and big body down low that can uh, give the Dwight Powell's, even though he's injured, the people like Porzingis arrests and Willie Trill arrests. Like those are the people that we need that can stretch the floor and also play defense on the defensive side. That's kind of where we're lacking, I believe, is getting the stops when we need to get a stop instead of just letting them run. Um, I think those are two good free agent candidates in my book. All right, dope. Sounds good. So we're going to switch gears. We're going to move on to the other Dallas team that people care the most about, the Cowboys. So famously, I am not a Dallas Cowboys fan. I did grow up in Dallas, so I watched them a ton. These two are definitely Cowboys fans, and they think they're going to win it every year. So uh, let's start. Let's start with. Uh, they are. Well, you know, let's start with this. They're bitter than the Steelers. Uh, I don't know about that. Let's start with uh, this last season. You know, let's let's go with initial thoughts. You know how how disappointing uh, was the season? Uh, we'll start with that. Really disappointing. I think there's a lot of games that you would just see, and it's like. We have the talent. The talent's there. We have a good receiving core. We have sure. Dak had a really good season. Uh, it's just that these, there's a lot of games that'd be winnable. Or we'd be losing the teams that should have been like a win on the record. And it's with that type of talent. Uh, and you know, I'm glad we got rid of Jason Garrett. And who did we even? What's the name? Mike of McCarthy. Mike McCarthy. <laughs> Come on, yeah, man. Bro. Yeah, Mike it's been McCarthy. a minute. But like, yeah, yeah. I think. It's just nice to have a different coaching change uh, because I think from what I noticed, it just seemed like the motivation wasn't there to be on the field and to win it. Well, when you don't have a vision like Garrett, I believe is very washed for a long, long time now. I think that was a decision that should have been made when Romo was in um, to get rid of someone like Garrett and start getting new, fresh ideas into the camps. but for me personally, that's you're only as good as your staff or your head coach, your OC, DC, whatever it may be. And it showed. Um, you have a lot of young players on our team looking for that veteran leadership. Shout out Jason Wynn coming back. Mm-hmm. But that's not enough. It needs to come from the top. And for me, I believe that with Mike McCarthy as it being a new fresh start, um, that there's going to be some new things going on in Dallas. And hopefully, playoff run is one of those. Uh, without that, I, I think it's playoffs or bust when it comes to McCarthy in his first season. Sure. Okay. All right. So on this podcast earlier on, me, Cody, and Jesse did talk about the NFC East and did a little review of it. And then we talked about uh, you know the things that they've done in the off season leading up to this point, and then what they should do to get better next season. And I'm just going to bring this up. Both of them did say that they felt like Mike McCarthy, the hiring of Mike McCarthy, was the same thing as Jason Garrett. You know, like, you'll find the same results at 8-8. Eight and eight. So how, how would y'all defend Mike McCarthy in this position versus Jason Garrett? I feel like just a lot of people don't. Um, yeah, whenever he was in Green Bay, a lot of people said he had a little bit of, a little bit of a lull, the ending of his career, couldn't get past whatever with – one of arguably top two, top three quarterbacks with Aaron Rodgers. He had the weapons, and a lot of people are saying that he couldn't get the job done, which was Super Bowl run. Mm-hmm. But I believe a lot in a change of scenery, a change of perspective, 
and to say and rule Mike McCarthy out before he's coached one Dallas Cowboy game is a bit absurd, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to be looking at stats, sure. facts. I don't ever go on a whim and say he's bad because this. I try to give excuses. If it's 8-8, eight and eight, obviously that's something that we have to reevaluate at the end of that season. But in my opinion, let's see how he does. Let's give him a chance, and if he sucks, we'll let him know. Yeah. Well, okay. All right. Did you have anything you wanted to add, Joel? No, I mean, I agree. There's no point in really judging him. And I know he had Aaron Rodgers as a QB, so that is a big contribution to his championship. But nonetheless, I think we should still give him a chance. There's no reason to hate on him just yet, and we haven't seen one season happen. And specifically for head coaches in the NFL, this is one of those things that they forget easily what you have done in the past. You could have a wonderful season. You could want to win a championship. But if you don't deliver in a big football town like Green Bay, it reverberates more so, in my opinion, because you are the basically the decision maker of the team. So everything lies upon you. And I don't necessarily think it's all his fault or not his fault. It's just how it ended up. And I believe that with this new start, he'll definitely be... But I believe Mike McCarthy with a new set of eyes, new perspective, new staff um, here in Dallas is, yes, um, a couple things to get over. But I feel like the outlook is positive in my in my book. Okay. All right. Uh, y'all did retain Kellen Moore as y'all's OC as well. And I brought that up as a big point. I think Mike McCarthy won't be as controlling or as weird about it as Jason Garrett. And let Kellen Moore, you know, do his job. So... Speaking of doing his job, he needs a quarterback to do it. Right now, Dak Prescott has not re-signed with the Cowboys yet, but I think he is getting franchise tagged, and they're going to work towards a long-term contract. Isn't that right? I think so. I think he did get franchise tagged. Okay. Well, All right. So that's so that's that. But earlier today, Ryan Tannehill definitely got a $130 million contract from the Tennessee Titans. And that might, you know, I, I won't say it re- it'll reset the market, but... A lot of people would argue that Dak Prescott's a little bit better than Ryan Tannehill, but Cody actually did say that Dak Prescott is, is not as good as a lot of people uh, thinks he is, and he's not worth $30 million. And I think he might have... I might have to go look at it again. If not, you know, whatever, it's fine. But he definitely might have said that Tannehill might have been a little bit better than Dak Prescott. No, so. no. No. Well, why? I don't agree. Because you see the numbers Derrick Henry was putting up in the playoffs. Sure. You think they got there because of Ryan Tannehill or because of Der- Derrick Henry? Derrick Henry was doing work. Yeah. And I can't... To say that Ryan Tannehill was doing better than Dak, wasn't Dak like third in total yards this season? Yeah. But so was Jameis Winston. He was up there. But I think even... I don't know. I just really, I, I wouldn't say Ryan Tannehill. And it's weird because Marcus Mariota, he started the first few games of the season, then they yes. put in Tannehill near the end. I think it's kind of weird to give him that big of an extension. I know they made a pretty good playoff run being the, the Ravens and the Patriots, right? And the Patriots, yeah. So I think that's a, that's impressive, but I also think you're kind of in a situation where you have, yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick has done that multiple times where he has spurts of doing well in certain games, and then when once he gets that contract, it drops down. Sure. And uh, I just, well, we'll see, but I, I don't believe Ryan Tannehill is better than Dak Prescott. Okay. I don't think 
Ryan Tannehill is better than Dak Prescott also, and I believe Derrick Henry is one of the best players in the NFL right now. Um, People could say that about the Ezekiel Elliott-Dak Prescott comparison a couple years back. Um, But in my personal opinion, I feel like Dak has a lot more to offer in the type of schemes that he can run compared to Tannehill just being under center. And in my opinion, Dak isn't the the best. Um, there's definitely some quarterback options out there that I feel like uh, could be better. But for this, if Tannehill's got if Tannehill got paid that way, I feel like Dak should be a close second, if not more, because you're bringing in somebody that knows the system, that wants to resign, that just wants to work with the Cowboys, and I feel like that that in itself is just a different vibe okay how big of a contract would you give him then compared to Tannehill because now it's definitely more than 30 million so it's it's time to make it they should have signed Dak before Tannehill oh yeah no doubt this is crazy in my opinion there's a lot of money there's a lot of money they should have definitely uh well it even depends because what we offered him 130 million before this past season yeah and he declined and then I think we ended up offering him 133. And then he declined again. So, I don't know. Like, Dak's a very good quarterback. And he definitely used this season to prove uh, his importance to the team. But I just think, even if you're in Dak's position, you got to think about the other players we're trying to get back. We're losing a major uh, wide receiver when it comes to Amari Cooper because you gotta, you don't, we don't have enough money to pay both of the maxes. No. The same with other defensive players, I think, that we will be losing the offseason because we're trying to put all this money into Dak's contract. So even for me, I didn't even agree to offering him $130 million last season. That's my opinion, but... Okay. To say, I don't, I definitely think he's worth Ryan Tannehill. More than Ryan Tannehill? Ryan maybe? Tannehill is it's saying his extension was 118 Oh, 118 Yeah. Well, doesn't he have another year left, too? So I think I so. Maybe, maybe that adds up, like that. but... Yeah. I, I don't know. I'd, I'd say maybe like uh, even 140 is pushing it. <laughs> is really yeah. pushing it. Because he's he's done well. He's familiar with the system, like Gene sure. was saying. But we still haven't really had any big achievements that he's proven, especially in the playoffs. Sure. So. And I think I, I, I feel like Dak has a lot of a lot of read and recognition to work on also and that just comes with experience being in the nfl um these split decisions really matter if it's yeah you can get the 10 yard check down or wait a little longer and get a 20 yard bomb those are the things that you have to understand as a quarterback and what time of the game do i do this when do i need to manage it and i feel like it's the trajectory for deck has only been increasing on an upward trend yeah. that's why i feel i would bet my money on him more than a Tannehill, even if it's a 140 mil if jerry jones says that we're gonna sign deck you know jerry jones usually gets what he wants but then again that goes to taking away from salary cap of the team when you need to re-sign people like cooper or even you have people like Quinn or Byron Jones on the block that haven't been re-signed yet. Yeah. Um, those are those are some items that we need to consider. But I think Dak will definitely get what he wants if he's going to be playing for the Cowboys. Okay, fair enough. So the NFL draft is coming up. I assume it's still going to go on. There's just not going to be a live audience probably. And the Cycle 365 will come out with a mock draft at this point post-combine. 
and a bit before free agency of every pick for every team for the first two rounds. And so with the Dallas Cowboys, they, they have a couple options that could go here. So speaking of Dak Prescott, do you think the Cowboys would draft a quarterback in the second round, such as uh, Jalen Hurts? Who ha- There have been connections, too, between Jalen Hurts and the Cowboys and honestly pretty much every other team because he would fit in pretty well. But would you like to see the Dallas Cowboys pick up a quarterback just in case Dak does not resign after the season, assuming he signs the franchise tag? Would I like the Cowboys to pick a quarterback? Yeah, in the draft. In the let's say they're not gonna do it in the first round, but maybe the second or after. Or just if they do end up picking up a quarterback, I, I don't think things will work out. If we pick up a quarterback, I think it's kind of clear where things will go from there. I think I think because even Stephen A was talking about it, a big thing with Dak is maybe just the trust. The sure. Dallas Cowboys are trusting him, and the fact that they're getting a quarterback might sway him towards looking into other teams. But then that's another thing where I don't know any other team that would even be paying 130 mil for Dak. No. That's my thing. So it's yeah. all dependent. Because uh, I like Jalen Hurts. Uh, I liked him whenever I saw him playing for OU, but uh, I can't even make a, a concrete decision <laughs> right now. I don't know. Okay. I, th- I think I believe that if Jerry Jones and the team wanted to go with a quarterback, um, they should. They definitely should. Jalen Hurts is a great player. I feel like he's he's a leader, and he could lead anywhere. We've seen that in in NCAA, any team. Um, and for me, I feel like if you're going to play in the NFL, you should understand, especially in the quarterback position, being one of the most coveted positions on the squad, that you have to be on your A game. You can't let these things distract you. If you don't want to sign, then don't sign. I would rather someone be playing that want to play than someone that's being indecisive and not want to sign just because of money. That's just personally my reason. Um, but it's always next up, and I feel like that should be that should just be bringing out co- more competitive spirit in Dak if we were to draft a QB this draft. Okay, that's fair enough. So speaking of bringing another quarterback, there is talks, and pretty, pretty strong talks, of Tom Brady possibly going to Dallas, you know, being in a system where... <laughs> Everything will be set up for him already. You know, you have a veteran coach. You have a great, probably the best line in the league. You have weapons everywhere. And you have a competent defense. What would y'all say to Tom Brady coming to Dallas instead of Dak? I'm good. I don't you want don't? Tom Brady. Okay. No. Cody did say that Tom Brady would do much better than Dak. I agree. Okay. Yeah. Well, how come? Because, Why do you agree? Because that's the GOAT. All right. He is the GOAT. You have to under- at this point in his career. Yes, yes. You have to understand. This is honestly, if they wanted to pay Brady one thirty, I would take that. For two, he's not going to sign like a four year deal. It's yeah. looking like a two to three year deal. I, in my opinion, this is. I believe that Brady is a plug and play player. Sure. We, have we seen that? Because he's obviously been under New England under the Belichick regime for all his career. We don't know. But in, in, in all honesty, I believe that he still has it. I think the man can still play, and he's shown it. He just needs a little bit more help. I think Dallas could be that place. A lot of people do love Dak. Um, but like I said before, I've had reservations on Dak. Just the amount of money that he's asking, 
um, without this Tannehill presidency, it's kind of absurd in my opinion, even though he's declined it multiple times already. So for me, I believe that you go with someone that has been there before. And if you, on the off chance, it doesn't work out, oh well, you have Brady on the team. All right. I, I mean, Brady, I do believe he would do well. Sure. Uh, given the receivers that we have, and I think we do have a good setup for Brady to fit in. But he's only going to be around for a few more years. Yeah. I'd rather, Dak's pretty young. And even just getting a younger quarterback in general, I, I just would rather not have Tom Brady. And even going back to everything, I don't think Tom Brady's leaving the Patriots. I don't think I think he's gonna resign. I think I don't think he's going anywhere else. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So before we wrap up, are there any other moves you'd like to see the Dallas Cowboys make outside of the quarterback position for either of y'all? Yes. Um, help on the defense. Uh, I believe the line, the defensive end position, could always get thicker. You have a lot of next up when it comes to our middle linebacker situation with Van Der Esch. Uh, I feel like if we could hold a core together and be remain healthy with a little bit more help on the defensive end or defensive side, that could really help. Um, but yeah, I think we're pretty set, but we'll see. All right, what about you? I honestly, I'd really just like to see Zeke pick it back up. He didn't do bad last season, uh, but I think it's mainly because Jason Garrett didn't even run that many running plays to begin with. And I, I feel Mike McCarthy's very heavy on uh, passing plays. But yeah. it'd be nice if we could get Zeke more involved, especially. And like I said, this is back to Jason Garrett where we'd have fourth and one, fourth and two, and we would just punt it when you have – one of the best running backs in the game, you can't be doing that. So I think to really utilize uh, Zeke would be nice, and I think we do that by doing more running plays. That's just a small detail. Small okay. Opinion. All right, fair enough. So I assume y'all are going to be hopeful about the Cowboys moving forward. We're already hopeful about the Mavericks moving forward. We are, yes. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, for sure. All right, so – Catch us next week on the Cycle 365. We're going to bring way more content, definitely more off-season type of content uh, to you amid this coronavirus crisis. But show us some love on social media. Like us, share us, do all that stuff. Peace.